Let's get slicing and dicing with Sir Sturdy Horror fans. On this podcast, you will hear me and a guest do some movie reviews, random funny horror chats, and whatever else comes to mind. So tune in, kick back, relax, and always remember, I'll see you in your nightmares. Well, this Jason's mask. How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? Another exciting, awesome episode of Horror Research 30. Today, I have my guy, Kelvin, from pophorror.com on, the, on as a guest. Kelvin, how's it going, man? How you doing, Aaron? I'm pretty good. Uh, thank you for having me, Aaron. It really means a lot. Thank you for having me here. Oh, yeah. Anytime, man. Anytime. And like, trust me, the, the the little nervousness and the bug, the jitterbug, they'll go away within like five minutes, and you'll want to come on this show again. I promise you that. But I'm going to let you introduce yourself to the listeners and like what you do, let them know what you do with the pophorror.com thing just to kind of, you know, so they know what you do with the horror community. No, of course. So I do articles for pophorror.com primarily on horror films. I've been doing it for about, I'd say two years now, two years now. Articles in general, I started doing it in 2015 for movie pilot at the time. And then I ended up going to doing articles for pophorror.com. Nice. And like, how did, what made you get into it? Or like, I, besides the fact that you're a horror fan, like, how did you get into it? So I was pretty much I was hanging out with my friend actually. It was in 2015. I was hanging out with my friend. We we went to some shop. I was on my phone browsing on Facebook, and I saw an ad from Movie Pilot on my feed. It had it said something along the lines of like, um, you know, just paraphrasing. You want to do articles, um, you know, create on this uh, website. Mm-hmm. So you know. Might as well. So I actually did it while I was with them. I was like, you know, just, you know, let me mess around and see how this thing is. So I published my first article. It was about um, why this specific actor should play Blade if they were to introduce him into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't satisfied with it, so I ended up deleting it. Then when I got home, I think maybe that same night or maybe the night after, I um, decided to do an article for Halloween Returns at the time. This was about around the time when Dimension had announced uh, a quote-unquote recalibrated sequel mm-hmm. called Halloween Returns. So I figured, why not um, talk about a very interesting topic? So, of course, you already know with how crazy CGI is with bringing back all these dead actors and how realistic they're looking. The topic I had discussed was if it would be possible to bring back Donald Pleasance using CGI. Now, once I published the article, I was pretty satisfied with it because, you know, I'm, you know, doing my thing and everything. So I'd say like about an hour or two, I checked back on the website to see how many people read it, how many people commented, how many people were sharing it. And I'm seeing hundreds of reads, like hundreds of comments, hundreds of shares. I started sharing the article on like a few Facebook pages and I was getting more feedback, some positive, some negative, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. given the controversial topic, you know. And from there, like, some flare just sparked. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start doing articles now going forward. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And it's like, I mean, you were just talking, like, how there's so many different avenues. And I, you can say with any genre, but just because we're talking horror, there's so many different avenues of horror that we can all be involved in. Like, you with your articles, me with podcasting slash YouTube. Then you have the people out there. And then you have the fans just in the Facebook groups. And, the fa- you know, the Facebook groups, the Facebook pages. You have the independent directors and actors and actresses and all that. And I just love how we all come together, not only to just talk horror, but we all come together to kind of big each other up. Like, 
I think that's awesome. It really helps. It's awesome. It's fun too. I like. I can do this shit all day. I was telling you a little while ago. I was up till, I was up. Woke up at one thirty. Well, I woke up at midnight, but I was doing a podcast at one thirty this morning. We didn't start actually recording till about two. Ish was done by about three forty-five. Damn near four o'clock in the morning. And I'm, right. I fucking went downstairs and watched TV till I fell asleep. But it was, it was it was such a fun time. Like I love doing that when. You're talking with other fans that are just real, real passionate about this subject, about horror in general, which is, it's it almost seems crazy thinking about it because, like I was telling you before, I've ne- I never thought about doing a podcast. I mean, I've when I first heard about a podcast, I was like, "What is it?" Checked it out, I enjoyed them, and then I was listening to podcasts for a couple of years before I even heard of a horror before I heard a horror podcast, and from then on, I was like, "I got to do one. I have to do a horror podcast. It would be so fucking fun," and which it is now. Hundred yeah, episodes out cool. later, two years later, and I'm just like, I. It makes me want to go even more, go harder, go stronger. And I don't know, man. It's it's just it's a passion, and I it's so cool that so many people around the world have this same freaking passion. No, absolutely, and not even that, because like you know, growing up, I always loved films. Like ever since I was like five, I always loved films throughout mm-hmm. elementary school, middle school, and high school always talking to my classmates even still that i keep in contact with just always talking about films but the thing is you know throughout those years you would have a very few people that would actually you know engage with talking about movies Mm -hmm. but then you come across all these horror pages on facebook where you don't feel isolated you could talk to like so many people but you can get all like hundreds of uh, opinions and everything you know whether it be positive or you know, negative, but yeah, you know, the fact is you're connecting with all these people. Like you don't feel isolated expressing your passion, you know, talking about hard. It's like, it's, it's like a breath of fresh air. It really is. And you know, it's funny. Like I've, I've been in the horror since I was a kid, a little kid. I don't know how old between five and seven, I want to say. And I just, just you saying that talking to, you know, classmates and stuff. I remember, I don't know if it was second or third grade, but it was an art. <laughs> it was an art class. Right. And we had, uh, we were wearing smocks. You know, sometimes in art, they will, we had like a button up shirt for a smock. And for some reason, I had this brilliant idea of putting red paint all over the front of the smock. The teacher was pissed. And my my brother was sitting by me laughing. He's like, Yo, what, what are you doing? I was like, Jason got me. <laughs> he just started dying. I was like, Jason got me. The teacher didn't find it as funny as we did, but I was just like, just from then. I'm just thinking of stuff like that, and like it's all the way up till now. Like now, I'm 34 years old. Then I was probably around. I don't like again. I don't remember because I don't remember how old a second or third grader is now. But I got into horror, and I'm gonna ask you actually the same question. I got into horror because I'd follow like my older brother around, my older cousins around, and they would be watching horror movies on the weekends and all that. You know, when you have the big sleepovers, right? And I was the youngest one out of everybody. By quite a few years, I was the youngest, and like, you know, they would let me follow them around, hang out with them. And their rule was: look, if you're watching these movies with us, that's fine. If we're at my house, my brother big, don't wake mom up. If we're at, you know, one of my cousins, don't wake so and so up. You know, you can't sleep with them. You know, if you if you want to sleep in the room with us, fine. You want to sleep with the light on, fine. But don't make noise. Don't be crying and wake them up and get us all in trouble because we have we're letting you watch these movies. And it. Huh? We know how that goes. Oh hell yeah! And it got to the point to where like, I believe I want it was Creep Show two, The Hitchhiker, scared the shit out of me. Damn there, literally. Like I was so scared to use the bathroom by myself. I had to have one of them walk me to the bathroom. Right. <laughs> Wait outside the door until I was done 
But when I was done, you know, you come back out and I'd sit down and watch these same damn. Just, I want to finish this movie. I want to watch these movies. And it just grew from that as a child, well, now to an adult, of just loving the genre of horror. It's definitely my favorite genre, hands down. And I feel it can go in any direction. Like, you can have a romantic horror movie. You can have a, ro- or a horror comedy. You can have, like, whatever you want with horror, and it's not going to be wrong. And Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I never get bored of it. I really never get bored of it. I just always want to watch it. It's, I don't always get to just because of, again, work and all that other stuff. And sometimes you're just too tired to watch a movie. Just throw something random on. But it's, it's so freaking amazing. Now, what, who or what got you into horror? And if any movie, what movie scared you as a kid? So for me, I was about five years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Mom was working when I actually watched my first horror movie. It was on sci-fi. It was the original Halloween 2. Oh, good good choice. So <laughs> that no, that film really, really <laughs> did scare the shit out of me. Because as a kid, I had a thing where I didn't like being in hospitals. Oh, so there was like there was one point where I had to get my tonsillectomy removed, mm-hmm. and they put the mask on me. And like with with that, I don't know what what it was. I would just panic. So watching that movie, I'm like, damn, please don't send me. Like I'm hoping I something does not happen to me. <laughs> yeah, where I have to go to a hospital. Yep. And what really caught my eye, like it was like it was like a like a petrified, intriguing type <laughs> of thing for me when I first saw it because, you know. It was scary at the time when I first saw it, but then you have that blank mask, and it's like, it's it's hard to explain. You just don't, it's something about that blank mask, like there's no emotion behind it. Mm-hmm. There's no designs on it. So at that time, I'm like, oh man, this is scaring the shit out of me. So I ended up staying, like staying up and watching it, and then at that time, they were given a, a marathon at the time. Oh. So after, yeah, after Halloween 2... Uh, I believe it was Halloween 4 had played next. They didn't show 3 for some reason. I remember it was Halloween 2, Halloween 4, and then Halloween 5. So out of the the franchise, I mean, obviously the original is my favorite of all time. Oh, yeah. But near and dear to my heart, it's those three, especially 4 and 5. Because growing up, I watched 4 and 5 a lot. Like, I think out of the sequels, I think I probably watched, sequel-wise, I mean, yeah. I watched 4 and 5 the most. I could see why that's understandable and like what you were just saying as far as like when they show the marathons I usually show as far as Halloween goes they'll show one two four and five one two four five and sometimes they'll show the rest but they won't show three a lot and so it's like you're so used to watching that move those movies so much like for me my favorite franchise is as you can see with my shirt Friday the 13th and USA Network as a kid every Friday the 13th that whole weekend will be showing a Friday the 13th marathon Unfortunately, and of course, it would cut out all the good, you know, the blood, guts, and boobs. But still, I always, I was just so excited when it came on. Because you knew, it it was at the point where once you're a certain age, you kind of knew what happened. You know what I mean? And, like, that's probably why Jason's my favorite. Because I'm so familiar with it. Like, I've seen him since I was, from when I was a kid all the way up till now. But he's, he's been my favorite since I was a kid. So you see that every Friday the 13th, that whole weekend, you get to watch that marathon. And... Again, with same with Halloween and you know Nightmare on Elm Street, where they only show like a specific few. Like Friday the Thirteenth, I believe they showed. They didn't show the original too much or part two. It was like three, four, five, three, four, five, six, seven. It was, you know what? It was three through like Jason Takes Manhattan. 
Yeah, I remember my first time watching J6 Manhattan. It was on USA. Like, they gave it, but it was late at night when they gave it. Yeah. I think it was, like, like maybe 12 or 13, somewhere around there. When I first saw it, it was on USA, and it was late. Like, I think, like, maybe 11 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. Yep. When they and I, I just loved it. it. I'm just like, holy shit. And now you have the independent horror stuff, which I think is fun as hell. You got the fan-made stuff, which I think is fun as hell. And it's just, I love it, man. I really do. I didn't get a chance to see. Did you get a chance to see the Vengeance movie? I was actually, funny you mentioned that, I was actually there at Blairstown. Oh, the, shit. Nice. At the premiere for the theater. And that was a freaking blast, man. That was, I'm going to say something. It's, it's. It's one thing for you to see events on social media and say, wow, this event looks pretty dope. And when you're actually there, it's a completely different beast of its own. I believe you. I actually wanted to go to that event, but it was just the timing was off for us. And fi- for, between finances and the timing, we were planning the con in um, Rochester, New York. We went to ScareCon. Right. And I know, it was, I know it wasn't the same month, but I know it was kind of around the same time within a couple months of each other. So I'm like, I got to save up for this. And you know, take care of that, which was a great time. But Blair's, I seen that Blairstown's having something. I believe May 9th in New Jersey, 40th anniversary. Right. Yeah. My wife wants. My wife was like, "Can we go there for my?" Now, mind you, her birthday is the end of is it towards the end of May. She said, "Can we just do that for my birthday weekend?" I was like, well, "I was like, let's see when it gets close." I want to go. Don't get me wrong, but let's see when it gets a little bit closer. Maybe go there. Friday, probably Saturday to Sunday, and take that Monday off or something. I don't even know yet. But it'll be a fun time, and it's the 40th anniversary. I know there's going to be a bunch of Friday the 13th fans there. I know there's going to be a bunch of horror fans there in general, which would just be dope. And if there's a way where I can set up, I don't know the setup there or not, but I would talk to whoever I have to talk to and see if there's a setup where I can set up my podcast there or bring mess with my handheld recorder, get that working right, and bring that and just kind of talk to some horror fans out there and record with them because that would be a fun, fun freaking time. Oh, man, I was, I was caught off guard because on the week – like that week going into Friday, mm-hmm. um, Peter, who was involved with the Peter Anthony, who was involved with the film, he had hit me up saying, "Bro, are you coming?" I was like, "I'm not sure yet." You know, I was fifty-fifty. I was like in the same situation as you. So then, I was like, "You know what? Screw it. I'm not gonna miss this opportunity. I'm going." So when I went there, I knew there was gonna be fans there, obviously, but the amount of fans that were there at that event on Friday the Thirteenth it mm-hmm. blew my freaking mind. Like, you're seeing sidewalks. Um, full. Literally, when I got there, when my Uber driver, Uber driver picked me, dropped me off, they were just cutting the tape because it was the grand opening for the Friday Thirteenth Museum. Okay, that's awesome. And I'm saying something. That whole freaking sidewalk was just packed with fans. Like you even had news reporters. Like it was insane. That's freaking awesome. How far are you from Jersey? How far are you from there? I'm pretty far. So I live. I'm from New York City, Queens, New York. Okay. So. The trip in total, I would say, was about maybe three hours. Oh, damn. Because I took the Greyhound, so I had to take two separate buses. Oh, okay. okay. I, no, because when you said your Uber driver, I was like, damn, this motherfucker took an Uber from Queens uh-huh. to Jersey. No. <laughs> three hours? Uh-huh. That's, that's expensive as shit. <laughs> but no, uh-huh. that makes sense. No, and I messed up, too, because I'm... Uh, Dave Brown, who's starring and directing his uh, own Friday 13 fan film called His Name Was Jason... He's actually also a Queens native. So when I saw him there, he's like, bro, like, why didn't you tell me? I would have picked you up and taken you. I was like, I don't know what happened. Oh, it was like one of those where it's like, you know, it's on the week of your 50-50, so you're not really thinking about all the options. Yeah. Yep. No, so, I get it. I get it. That's I actually yeah. had I had Dave Brown on about 
maybe two months ago now. Cool, cool ass guy, by the way. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Did you but see? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, when um, and it became more surreal. Like the child in me, that became so damn intrigued by these horror films, aside from Halloween, mm-hmm. came that day because, you know, one day you're talking about these horror um, you know, horror films on a Facebook page. You go from that to actually going to the event, and you're seeing C.J. Graham there. Oh, you're seeing yeah. Ari Lyman there. You're seeing uh, Tom McLaughlin there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's insane. Like you wouldn't think. Like as a as a fan, it's one of those. It's like um, that's like my Comic Con. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. Basically, it's like that was my that was like me personally. That was my first spiritual Comic Con. So you've ne- you've never been to a horror convention then, right? Never. Yeah. I've never even been to Comic Con actually. So this was my first official in general convention. You would love a horror convention, man. I'm telling I've, you. I've heard, man. A it's... lot of my friends have been telling me, Peter especially, and a bunch of others have been telling me it's insane. Insane is like an understatement. As crazy as that may sound, yo. Because it's like the atmosphere, the energy. Like, I mean, I've been to both. I've been not like a huge Comic Con. I've been to um I've been to a couple Comic Cons like out my way and they're not I had a good time. They're fun, but the energy's different. Like at those cons you can kinda tell that it's one of those things where either the girlfriend or the boyfriend was dragged to that con for their you know, their significant other. You gotta get the brownie points. You know how that works. Right, of course. And at a horror convention, every horror convention I've been to, it's not that feeling at all. Not nothing nothing against the Comic Cons. They're fun and all, but I'm just saying it's just not the same energy. Like the horror convention from what I get from it and from what I feel from it, everybody wants to be there. Nobody was dragged there. Like, everybody's literally a horror fan. Some horror fans bigger than others. You know what I mean? There's some people who, like me who will watch a movie like Thanksgiving and watch fucking, you know, Friday the 13th. All those movies. Anything in between. Right. And then there's some that will just watch the big names. You know what I mean? What I'm getting at is, like, nobody there feels like they're forced there. Everybody there is there to have a great time. And everybody there, like... Just waiting in lines with other fans is fun. You could bring up a random horror movie and somebody in that line's seen it. You'll have a conversation. You'll strike up a fucking hour conversation in that long ass line if the lines are that long about this particular movie you've seen. And then like when you meet the um when you meet the celebrities there, for the most part, all of them are nice as shit. All of them are like real happy to be there and real humble and real just they just happier they're just as happy to see you as you are to see them. As crazy no. as that may sound, they're not like over the top, like uh, I'm trying to think of the word. They're not. They're not like turning their noses up in the air, like oh yeah, right. you guys are just here to see us, you know, sign this, give me my money, and buy. No, they actually have a conversation with you. And I actually did this past October. My wife, my brother, and I, we actually did a, um, we did the VIP this year for the first time. Like I've never done the VIP just because money and shit. But I'm like, you know what? From now on, anytime I go to a con, I'm putting money aside for the VIP experience right. because. And this if it, I, this goes out to you and anybody else who goes to, who who is going to go to a con for their first time and you're staying say you're staying in that vicinity for the weekend, and if you can afford it, do the VIP. Not I'll say screw the screw getting in the lines early, screw getting in the lines first or getting in the con early. Maybe that's a good thing, but just the experience of getting to hang out with the celebrities at the VIP party is fucking awesome. No, I can imagine that is so freaking fun and hilarious. And we're doing it again in February at this con in Connecticut, the Wicked Weekend thing, and I just cannot wait. And I'm going to be doing it like as long as I can afford it from now on. Because like with me, 
I have a media. I get a media pass for these cons because of the podcast. I sign up to get the media pass, so I get two passes for free. Me and my wife get in, and then you know I bring my equipment and get a table and all that. But I still have to pay for like you know the extras of VIP and all that other stuff, which is fine. But like with the I, the reason why I say I don't care about getting in the lines first or getting in the con early is because with the media badge and stuff you can get it, or with a vendor pass if you're someone who's selling stuff, you can get in there early because you got to set your stuff up. So that's right. not a big deal to me. Even if I didn't have all that access, it wouldn't be a big deal to me. But as far as the VIP, like just the parties alone is worth it, if, in my opinion. Now, for some people, it might be the parties and getting in the lines first. But I look at it like I'm the type of person, say, say me and you go to the con, right? Say you didn't get the VIP thing and you and a bunch of friends go to the con. You guys didn't get the VIP and me and a bunch of friends, we went to the con. We got VIP and we have the access to get in line first. But you're there first. You deserve to be in line first because you got to the line first. I don't think I just because I have this VIP, but I wouldn't jump the line. Like, that's not it happened this year. The kind, as a matter of fact, people got in line before me and my brother, and we just chilled. They're like, fuck it, we're just talking horror. And yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it's just like, as long as you guys are there. Yeah, exactly. That's what matters. Exactly. But it's definitely something, man, I highly, 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 highly recommend is if you can, like I said, again, save money for it and if there's a kind coming up near you even if it's a couple hours away like there, i know there's monster mania is in jersey i don't know how far cherry hill new jersey that's a big ass con that's a fun con it's huge though but it's they get a lot of people there you would have a good time at that con and then like um scare con i don't know they have one in massachusetts and then they have another one i don't know where the next one's gonna be yet it's gonna be somewhere in new york Another fun ass con to go to, man. I promise that it's it's just smaller than it's way it's a lot smaller than Monster Mania, but you get you'll be able to like see everybody there as far as the celebrities there. You'll be able to butt, rub elbows with everybody there and just kind of you might not be able to do that at Monster Mania because there's the celebrities they get there. Excuse me, like we went we went a few years ago and um, Robert England was there. My wife waited in line. She like got passes for us all. And she waited in line for at least four hours, and we still oh. didn't even get to meet him. Because we because yeah, well, she was like, because she was like, I know you guys want to walk around this, that, and the third. She was like, if anything, you know, just if anything, if I have to use the bathroom, I'll text one of you guys. Come stand in the line for me, or I go use the bathroom. And if I want something to eat or something to drink, you guys can just bring it to me. I was like, of course. And we didn't ask her to do this. This was like all her. So, right. but again, like I said. That's that was like the downfall with the con, but we still got to do a lot of stuff there. So, it's it's one of those things where like again, if you're, especially for that kind, I'll say. I mean, I feel for any kind, but I'll say for let's say if you were going to Monster Mania, again, this is if you can afford to stay, even if you have to stay in a different hotel, it would be it'd be worth staying the weekend just because it's such a big ass con. Right. But I feel any for me again, I feel any con's worth it because there's just so much to do there. You meet so many people there, and then. As far as like the vendors and stuff, here's another word of advice. If I don't know if you're a collector or not, but if you are a collector and you see a Pamela Voorhees, and I'm saying this because this happened to me a couple years ago, if you see a Pamela Voorhees, I believe it was the one that was about this big, in box, the box was a little dented, 90 bucks, figure was in perfect condition, buy that shit if you have the money. Because I had the money and I still kick myself for not buying that shit, yo. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, because what I was doing, I was, like, looking around at everything. I went, I can't tell you how many times I walked around that console. Yo, I'm going to get it later. I'm going to get it later. I'm going to get it later. And we and then later came, which I think I, I think we stayed there that weekend. I don't remember. 
And I didn't get it. And I was just like, see a fuck. So the, the very following year, I got a um, Puppet Master Blade figure. It was out of the box. Like, I was asking, like, 94. I, I ended up getting it for 75. Perfect condition, though, but it was out of the box. And I was like, I have to get this. For con-. I was like, this is a dope figure. It's my favorite figure from Puppet Master. I have to get this figure. So I got that. And then just this past Scaricon, my wife got me the um, fr- the Jason from Part 7. The 18-inch oh, yeah. figure like this. Yeah, I know that one. And it was, uh, the, it was out of the box, but... In box, I figure is like 300 plus in box, and it had everything. It just didn't have the box with it. Dude was selling it for 100. She was, and she's seen all the Jason, they had like Jason figures, Michael Myers figures, and Freddy figures. She's seen a couple of the Jason figures, and she grabbed them. She's like, Do you want this? And I was like, Yeah. And I think it was the one from part three or four, and I was looking at it, and I seen the one from seven. I was like, Wait a minute. I was like, How much is this? He was like, Oh, they're all, he's like, All these are 100. They're the same price. I was like, You know what? I want that one instead because that's from my favorite Friday the 13th movie. So it's just one of those things, man. Like again, it's it's an expensive hobby as far as being a collector. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. One of my friends, um, Miguel, actually, he he's always sending me images of like figures he collects, and I'm like, yo, I'm missing out, man. But when the when the day comes where I have like like you know the proper money saved, I'll start collecting. But oh yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna start collecting, my first figure has to be a Michael Myers figure. Understandable, man. Understandable. Michael Myers number one, number two spawn. Again, definitely understandable. And I would, say, I mean, if again, if you can afford it, grab. Even if you grab like a twenty dollar figure, it's still a figure. Because some of All my right. figures like twenty, twenty five bucks. And shit, man, I, <laughs> I got. There's no shame in my game when it comes to say like loose change. What we'll do is we'll throw it in a jar. Fucking just about a month ago, we returned a shit ton of bottles. Had like thirty dollars in bottles. Just return them shits, threw that in a jar, like loose chain, like stuff. That stuff adds up after a while, believe it or not. It's crazy as people might sound. Like, say you go out, you spend a dollar, you spend $10, $20, whatever the case may be. And so you get back, you know, five seventy-five. throw that 75 cents in the jar, maybe throw a dollar in there with it, and then the rest of the money put wherever. And the right. event, that shit, slowly but surely, it adds up. And you just got to forget about it, too, though, because you can't be like, oh, shit, I want to get this bottle of such and such. Let me go into my little change drawer. I'll put it back. Because <laughs> I've been there before. You never put that shit back. Uh, but I don't know. In terms of so, in terms of figures, I don't have any collectibles. But when I went to the Vengeance premiere, I actually did get my first two collectible items. What'd you get? It's um actually I have the mask right here. Uh, this woman, she's um she's on I, she's on Instagram as Lipstick Legion, and she made Aaron these badass freaking hockey masks, man. Like these badass hockey masks. She had them. And it was beautiful too. The way she set it up, it was on a display. And it was from the sack all the way to part nine. Oh, nice! So I'm looking at it. I'm like, I'm, my, I'm just like, like eyeing the hell out of it. And we were talking, and cool person, cool person. Like she's very passionate about, you know, what she does. And it, she doesn't do mm-hmm. just um, Jason masks. She's done a few Michael Myers masks as well. That's awesome. So when, you know, I was debating on which mask to get. Yeah, they're right here. I ended up getting uh, the Part 5 mask. Nice. Nice. And she, she did it pretty damn good. And oh, hell yeah. The second one, it was... Uh, gotta get this thing out of the damn bag. And you say you didn't start a collection yet, man. Masks are huge. And this is from Friday 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. That's dope. And That's fucking dope. She did a badass job. I was supposed to get... I was supposed to get um, three. Mm-hmm. 
but I think me procrastinating, debating, it already sold out. See, you, see, see, what did I just tell you? <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Before I miss out, you know, what? I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna get five and eight. Let me get five and eight, and I was satisfied with it, man. It's and you know, it goes back to what I was saying. It's like, you know, she, you know, talking to her, she has a strong, strong passion for what she's doing. Like the mass, like it's in perfect detail. Like you, it would be insane if you, if you were actually there and saw all the masks, how they displayed and just people like grabbing, grabbing, grabbing. Mm-hmm. It was insane, man. It was I, insane. I believe it. I have, a, I actually have a part seven mask right here myself. I got it from a con a few years ago. I don't remember which con it was. Oh, shit. But I know for sure you had to get it without hesitating. Oh, yeah. This one I think I did because I was just walking around looking at the shit. I was like, oh, wow. that's a, I was like, I got to grab that mask. I, I have the mask. You said you have Friday the 13th for the PS4. I haven't played that in a while. But yeah, that was a game. I remember when that first game was announced, I was in, going crazy. But I think at that time, I was still doing articles for Movie Pilot at the time. Oh, nice. So when the game dropped at launch, I was going to get it at launch because, I mean, I was going to get it at launch, but physical. But I didn't know that when it first dropped, it was only digital. Same here. So I'm calling, I see my uncles and his, my uncle and his boys are on it already. So I called games. So I'm like, you guys have any stock? He's like, no, it's digital only. I'm like, so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna get it digital, and hop on with them. When you first play it, it, it did scare the shit out of me. I'm not gonna lie, because you know you have the gaming headset on, so you're like, oh shit, oh shit. Especially mm-hmm. when you're playing as the counselor. The game was fun at first, like I'd say, like for the first year and a half or so. But then you know when the bugs oh, and the yeah. glitches came in, that's when things just went downhill, downhill with it. dramatically. Now, granted, I you know trying to make the most of it because I had a lot of friends. I have a lot of friends that played it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? let me just make the most of this rather than just uninstall it. Let me, let me make the most of this. In the meantime, it was pretty fun. I mean, like, you know, that time span. And then once work got out that uh, the whole lawsuit halted the DLC. That hurt. Dude, it was crazy because I think it was like the first like the first night we were playing. Me and my uncle was like, yo, it would be dope if they bring in the Jason X skin. And when you solve the, the virtual cabin and you see him, it's like Uber Jason coming soon. It's like. And that was another thing, too, because I was part of the Friday the 13th community page at the mm-hmm. time on Facebook, and fans were getting pissed. Like, I mean, pissed because, I don't know if you know, but the devs weren't really communicating with the fans as much. I didn't know that. Yeah, they weren't really, like, they would give updates, but, like, nothing in regards to the game, and it got to the point where the page started getting toxic because of it. Ah, uh, it's bad. Well, it's like, and... But what made it, I think the first thing that happened that made it worse was that um they had teased that game mode, Paranoia. Mm-hmm. So, we're, like, everybody's, like, you know, theorizing, like, oh, is they're going to bring in Part 5? Like, it's going to be a game mode you get to play as Part 5 Jason or, like, what's going on? So, when they brought in the update that brought in Part 5 Jason, everybody's, like, where the hell's Paranoia mode? And then, right then, they're, like, Paranoia's not dropping. Something something had happened. I think they said that the way they tested it, it wasn't going to work properly. And that that fans fuming, Understood. you know, because of the lack, you know, because the lack of um communication. So when they had, when the community had found out that the DLC got halted, it was bad. I'm telling you, it was bad, especially Uber Jason, because what really hurt the fans, including myself, what hurt us more was that they leaked his skin and the spaceship. Yeah, the Grendel. So I, I'm messaging, I'm messaging Peter about something. Like, Bro, you seen this? Like, yo, dude, nasty, nasty. It's sick. And then. It got canceled. Like, yo, what the hell are we gonna do now? 
that that bob i mean i get it because the lawsuit they can only do so much but i was like fuck yeah i was like that would have been so dope uber jason that that would have probably been the especially being on the spaceship that would have been the most popular stage that people would want to go to easily all right even that and um I don't know if they were going to put this map in, but hell, I even wanted Manhattan to be in the game. Oh, hell yeah. So it's like, you know, you're going to have you're going to have a Friday 13 game. You're going to have every Jason. You might as well have every setting. I agree. One million percent with that. You know, hell yeah. Because, you know, that's that's more that's more play. Uh, that's more playability. It's like, exactly. you know, might as well. And Manhattan, no, Manhattan would have been a sick ass map. Like one one fan had a uh, through an idea like. Because, you know, the, the match session is 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So a fan had pitched, what if the first 10 minutes, you're on the SS Lazarus, and in the last 10 minutes, that's when you arrive to New York. Nice. Which would have been badass. That would have been, been fun as well. Like, if it didn't get to that, at least have the Lazarus and Manhattan as two separate maps. Or Yeah, or you, that, too, because that, that could easily work. Nah, yeah, me personally, that would have been a badass. Badass. Freaking... Like, and I, I can't blame the developers of the game for that because of the lawsuit, or else I'm sure they would have done something. Yeah, it was out of their control, yeah. But it just sucks, though, because I'm like, that was such a... It's still a... I, like I said, I haven't played it in a while. It's still a fun-ass game just to play with some friends. Right. I mainly, okay. like... What I usually game now, as far as those type like that, if I were to play that or any of the other horror games I have, I usually try to get with a bunch of friends because some people just take... Some people take games way too damn serious. And me, I'm like, I can't, man. We have, we have, we all have our look as gamers. We all have our moments when we get frustrated. There was a bunch oh, yeah. of times where Friday 13 pissed me the hell off, especially with the bugs. Oh. Like, there was this one, there was this one wild glitch where if you escaped in the car, it would say you died oh. right when you escaped. And everybody's like, dude, what the hell? Um, and then there was this annoying glitch. You probably know about this one. Um, you can get on top of the Pakanak Lodge. Mm-hmm. I've never else- done. It was bad. I'm saying it was really bad. The bugs in that game was insane. I've seen a bunch of the glitches though, just like watching YouTube videos and shit, or just hearing about them. Like that sucks because I hate. It's it's even worse when like there's certain glitches that people just do because they know how to glitch a game. And I'm like, stop yeah. fucking it up for everybody. Oh yeah, it was. Man, and, you know, I look back at it. The game, you know, had it not been for the lawsuit, the game. I mean, it's still playable. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. It. It would have been so much more enjoyable if they had much more content, man. Much more content. Like, you look at the Kickstarter goal list, they had a lot of features that didn't make it to the final game. Yeah, I know. I know. And it was dope to have, like, yo. For what they did, it was good, but I agree. Like, if that game had more features, like, especially, like, one-player features, they really didn't, like, if, just imagine they had, like, a one-player story mode. You can kind of go through the different the different movies, so to speak, in a sense. So you're going through, like, the different stages okay. from the first one with his mother's head being cut off if they want to start from there all the way to Jason X. That would have been people dope. Were, people were expecting a story mode, and the devs themselves had to confirm, like, no, because I think they had teased something. It was for the set, It was for the, the challenge missions. People mistook that. Um, for a story? For a story mode. Okay. So when they found out, that's when, you know, of course, they got pissed about it. Which I get, because it would be kind of tough to do a story mode, I guess, because if you do a story mode with that, people would expect it to be like the movie or similar to the movies, which it wouldn't. It'd be maybe similar, but still be way different, and people would be pissed about that, so it's just... I would be satisfied with a story mode that just kind of went... Like I said, like it kind of went through the stages. You pick a certain character, no, and you got to survive You got to survive the movie. You got to survive the you know that stage, and you go to the next one. 
You got to survive that, even if you're using different characters, eight or nine different characters, or whatever the case may be. Oh, hell yeah. But, like, I'm honestly hoping, you know, once this lawsuit settles, they a new developer, like, reboots the game. Yeah. And just, like, you know, fans, like, you know, some fans are really frustrated with this game. Like, they don't even want to touch the game anymore. But I'm sure if they did it properly, like, a second, like, a rehaul of it, mm-hmm. I'm sure fans would definitely put out their pockets for it. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I want to see more movies. Like, I love the fan films. Don't get me wrong. I love those. But it'd be cool to it'd be cool to see a new Friday the Thirteenth movie in theaters, like an official Friday the Thirteenth in theaters. And that's no disrespect to the indie films and no disrespect to the fan films, but just imagine going and seeing that shit on the big screen. Like, holy shit! And as of recent, I think the one that I really enjoy a lot, like more than I even noticed, would be the '09 reboot. Really? Of how just like the way they did Jason, it's like. It was it was similar to part two, where you know more human, mm-hmm. but they so damn ruthless. You know, like the crossbow and how smart he is, how smart yeah. he was portrayed in this one. It's like, yo, what the like um, when they're hiding behind, I think the like whatever the the those things were like, they were hiding behind the boats. Oh, under the canoes, yeah. And turns on the lights, you're like, holy shit! And I, just the badass kills he was doing. Like, I really enjoyed the old nine one, and I, me and my dad even said it. Like, we wanted. Like, we would love to see a sequel with that specific Jason in the snow. I would, yes, that would be dope. My issue with the 09 one was, I mean, it's my, I think my biggest issue was the comedy aspect of it. Like, just yeah. Friday the 13th, I know there's comedy in, there's Friday, the, there's comedy in damn near any horror movie, but it's real subtle. And like, Friday, this Friday the 13th just didn't seem as dark as all the other ones. Not even, not even being nighttime. I just mean, just in general, like that. The atmosphere of the movie didn't seem real dark right. and grungy and great. It seemed too pretty. And then there was that, and I just wish they did it in like the '80s type of style, the '80s type of setting, the hell, yeah. like, like, like have the movies in the field. '80s and take away a lot of that comedy. Still have some comedy in it. Still have some laughing moments in it. Yes, but just cut it down like in half or more. Other than that. I enjoyed the movie. The kills were fucking amazing. And I loved how, I did like how intelligent he was and like how he had that underground tunnel. So it made sense. Like, okay, how's this motherfucker? This is how he got here so fast. Cause he has all these underground tunnels. And to me, it made sense because it's like, he's been there his whole fucking life. He's going to eventually evolve. Like they never in the movie. I don't think they ever, as far as the original movies, I don't think they ever really said he was stupid. He was just deformed. There was, they might have yeah, played little yeah. bits to it. Was, it. Was, it, it was implied in Jason X. Like, uh, how, how can he function with a brain that small? Yeah. I believe Sonoran's character said that. But other than that, yeah, it was just um him being deformed, actually. You know what I mean? Like, he wasn't... And again, even if he was a little slower, so to speak, you still learn. You still evolve. You still learn over those years. And, like, he survived for all these years. He has to be doing something right. Like, you don't oh, go yeah. from a, a little boy to a grown-ass man. You know, I'm again. It's a it's a movie. I get that. I, I know it's not real. Dude. I know how we break down movies like they're real. But still, though, I'm just like, I don't know, man. But I would. I just fucking. It was a fun movie. I did see it back. To, like I went, and as you know, us minorities, we don't like going to see these movies back to back, paying all that damn money for a movie. We right. went the weekend it came out. We went that Saturday, and we went like that very following weekend to see that movie again. The intro alone for that movie was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, I think the first, my first time watching it, it was in 09, actually. I think I went over to my dad's house. 
he had it on Blu-ray, and I, I'm watching it. And I'm like, dude, what the hell is this? Like, it's, it was, you know, granted, there's similarities and there's traits from the other sequels, mm-hmm. but this Jason I'd never seen before. Yeah, I and the just... chase scenes were pretty fucking scary too. Oh, like I loved intense, it. Like how intense they were, like you know, but you know, it was like you said, like if they had diluted like the eye candy and humor, mm-hmm. it would have been much more scary. Like hell, if if it had retained, like if it had that same element that um the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 03 remake had, I think that would have been a sick, a really sick reboot. I love that you said that. That's one of the best reboots, remakes, whatever you want to call it, I've ever seen. I'll say that, and I'll say the, the Evil Dead remake, unpopular opinion right here, I like that better than the original. Oh, that's a first. I like that better than the original. And I've said, I think my brother said the same thing. I've said it to a couple other people. They're just like, they like their, I think a lot of people like, I mean, the original was great. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like that remake, I know there was little differences in it and stuff, but it was just done so well. And I love how gory and nasty and bloody it was. Like, at the end when it's raining blood, I was like, that's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. And just how good everything looked. The freaking prosthetics, too. Yeah. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I think they used more prosthetics than CGI. I, I'm, I honestly don't know. I oh, hope God. so. I saw it in theaters opening night because one of my local theaters, like a few minutes away, um, Sunnyside Theater, on... It was it was popular because my my main local theater now mm-hmm. are tickets like damn near like sixteen bucks. With the other theater, it was five flat. Oh, see, so you know me and my like I was in high school at the time, and me and my friends were like, yo, bro, let's go, let's go this Friday. Like, I still have tickets. Like, I think I have like I've racked up at least two hundred movie tickets now. That's another so, awesome collection right there, man. And majority of them are from that theater, and I'm looking at the prices. I'm like five dollars, five dollars, five dollars, five dollars. It's like it's insane. But when I saw Evil Dead. <laughs> Opening night, this was this was a really bad habit I had, and it was because of me being scared of horror films as a kid. To avoid myself from jumping, I would cover my eyes whenever I would feel a pop up scene would come up, and my friends would get pissed like, "Dude, what the hell are you doing?" Like, I did it with Sinister, I did it with Evil Dead, like, I'm just like this, or I'm trying to be low key with it, like make it seem as if I'm listening, but I'm actually trying to cover one side of the ear. But no, Evil Dead scared the shit out of me. It was a pretty, it was a, for a reboot. I I felt it was pretty damn good. It, There's definitely a mixed um. There's definitely, like, a, a, a divide between fans of it. You know, obviously, those looks the original. Mm-hmm. That didn't really like the reboot, but I enjoyed the reboot. 100%. I loved it. And, like, back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I love that reboot. I think it was one of the reboots ever made, but I do like the original for that better than I like the reboot. And it's, the, like, the, the reboot was done so fucking well that I've, it's one of those movies that I really, really feel, if you see that first... And then see the original, you're gonna like the reboot better. Right. That might be with a lot of movies, but I think with that one specifically, because it was done so well, it was done based in that era of the '70s. It was gritty, it was gory, it was grungy, it was dirty, but you got to see a lot of the kills. Like a lot of all the kills, if I'm not mistaken, from the original were off screen. Yeah, I would because say so. I was reading somewhere that for them to make it off, for them to make like the stuff on screen and all that back in the day. They had to make it rated X, which is crazy. Yeah, at that time, it was the MPA was really strict on horror films with that. Real strict on horror films with that. It, but, to, but to me, again, like as far as like what, when I hear R-rated movie, I'm like, okay, cool. When I hear X-rated, I'm not thinking about blood and guts and gore. I'm thinking about porn. So I'm like, what? There's no titties in this movie. Why? Why is this rated X? Nobody's fucking. This is a movie about people getting killed. But again, like you were saying back, it was just so switched then. But 
at the same time, it worked so well for that movie, especially, I'm sure, in the 70s, it had to be crazy. No, because like, you never seen anything like that, like a killer wearing, I even, when I had purchased um, the O3 remake, it was, I believe, the limited edition, it, it came with three discs, and on disc three, I believe it was, um, what the hell was it? It was a documentary. Yes. Yeah, it was, it was a documentary on Ed Gein, and they had mentioned at that time, like, at that time, you hear about someone that's wearing someone else's face, it's like, it's literally something out of hell. Yes. So, like, one of my dreams would be to travel to 74 to see exactly how audiences reacted to that film because you think, like, for that time period where you weren't seeing things like that, like, that's going to have people shook. Like, they don't even want to see the movie again. You know how, oh, my God, I'm glad I love that you just said that because I've mentioned that before in this podcast talking to other people, like, one movie I'd like to go back to see, and somebody mentioned Jaws, but that would be so cool to just go back. But being like yourself as you are now at your age, you're just kind of going back and sitting in that theater the first time this movie's showing. You already know how the movie is, but just sitting there watching with a bunch of people that have never seen the movie from that era yeah. would be fucking amazing. Just because, like, now nowadays it wouldn't be that. It wouldn't be the same. Like, if you're going to a horror movie with somebody that's never seen a horror movie before, it's you'll get a cool reaction from it, but it's not the same as going back to the seventies where this shit's just coming out, or oh, the sixties or the fifties where this shit's just really just coming out, and then you're getting like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a Jaws, fucking Halloween when that first came out in seventy eight, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on like like in those times, just sitting there watching like, wow, that That's experience great. would be amazing. The closest I've gotten to that was um. Last year, I actually caught the original one in theaters for the 40th anniversary, Halloween. Oh, nice. And that was a blast. You know, it being my favorite film, and, like, that's the closest I, I can get to feeling like I time-traveled in 78 and actually yes. watched the movie. And plus, in the theater, the sound's different, like, the breathing's different, the oh, picture's yeah. different. Yes, yes. It was that I saw in theaters, and I caught the original Nightmare on Elm Street in theaters. Yes, the 35th year anniversary. Yes, yes. I definitely. me too. I would always go to see what the special promotions were, and it said um, Nightmare on Elm Street 35th anniversary. I was like, purchase. No way I was going to miss out on that. We seen it. I don't know if it was like a Facebook post or however however me and my wife found out about it, but we seen that. I was like, we're, we're going to that. And the cool thing about that, too, was the tickets were only like five or seven, between five and ten bucks. I don't remember how much they were, but they were cheaper. <laughs> it, was it was five bucks for me. So it was probably five bucks, and then the popcorn was cheaper. Like It was like the classic style of when you're going to see that movie in that time period, right. you know, those prices and seeing that on screen was amazing. Like Friday the 13th is my favorite, but seeing nightmare on Elm street, the original on screen was amazing. Like you said, the sounds, I felt like watching that movie on the big screen. You've seen some shit you've never seen in a movie before. Just, no, like the, oh, yeah. just in the background. And that is something that I was just like, Holy shit. This is fucking amazing. We've seen that. And then just just past, just this past summer we went and seen um, Jaws in theaters, which was just beautiful. And I, yo, it's one of those things where like I wish a theater around here just showed classic horror movies, or at least on the weekends, like Friday, let's say Friday night to Sunday night or Sunday after evening or whatever, just showed classic horror movies Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday earlier in the day, show whatever the hell you want. But those three days give us our horror. Oh, absolutely, but classic. Classic would be just beautiful. I mean, I would if I think one would do pretty well Monday through you know seven days a week. But I feel they'd get their biggest pickup. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have some horror movies, and then you have some good like some. Say you have a pri- okay. Say, hear me out. 
25 bucks dinner and a movie so it'd be 50 bucks if you're bringing a date 50 bucks dinner and a movie which isn't too bad but you're getting like so you're getting a decent meal stuff to drink and there's a horror movie movies let's say movies not just a movie because i've shown classic movies say they show two or three movies that night with the food that would be great (laughs) no hell yeah and you know it's funny because like around when i was 17 18 like finding out that they re-release some movies i'm like dude who the hell watched this i got this on dvd man was i wrong yeah like it's insane like my theater um regal regal's my um my local chain uh mm-hmm. theater i've seen like so many re-releases like i've seen um you know halloween nightmare on elm street alien i caught recently this past nice. october um Shawshank redemption tim burton's batman oh my god which is my favorite Batman film to which, this day. Which um, one? The first one or, the, or Batman Returns? Tim, Burton, Tim Burton's Batman, the, the 89 one. Okay. Because I, I know he did both of those. Batman Returns is my all-time favorite. It's far... Let me rephrase this. Live action, that's my favorite Batman. Keaton, yeah, hell yeah. Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, they did great. Now, if it's overall, if you add the cartoons... Batman the Animated Series, hands down my favorite all across the board. That's my favorite Joker across the board, everything. But I wish Tim Burton could have did more Batman movies, man. They they dropped the... After Batman Returns with... I know this is a horror podcast, people. We'll get back to that. Relax. But after Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin, I, I, I didn't hate them, but I did not like them. They were like, okay. At best, they just dropped the ball. Like, why couldn't they just keep Michael Keaton, Tim Burton doing those movies, and then end it with that? But it, it, it I'll, I'll, I'll make this. I'll make this one quick before we switch back. Before the fans and the rioting watching this. Um, <laughs> my dream now, Keaton, old Batman. Yes. In live action Batman Beyond, make that happen. Who would play Terry? Oof, um, I'm horrible with names, but there's one, there's one guy I can't think of his name. They, I believe they people want him to play like Dick Grayson or Nightwing. And I think he, I, I wish I was fucking good with names. I forgot what else he played in too, but he would make a good Terry. Like he looked kind of like the cartoon character of Terry Maguire. Right, Terry McGinnis. Terry, yes, Maguire. Where, where the hell am I getting Terry Maguire from? I had to save you from that one before you got cracked in the comment section. I pre- I appreciate that, McGinnis. But yeah, um, you know, like a back to the horror thing. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't think. And the crazy thing is, Halloween. Not a lot of people want to see it. But really? what was cool was that you saw old timers with their younger relatives seeing, seeing it for the first time, and I was like, dude, that's a freaking goal as a grandparent or as a parent. That's awesome, like, right there. Like, Give it like twenty years from now. I'm gonna want to take my younger relatives to see 2018 Halloween. Oh hell yeah! Or and, like even even the original one. And but with Nightmare on Elm Street, that theater was packed. Like it was. I think every seat was full. And when it hit the end credits, the whole audience like a freaking round of applause. And I even when I got home that same night, my dad even told me like you have to understand like, you know, granted Halloween and Friday the 13th are classics, but Freddy Krueger just that character is so damn popular. Oh, with yeah. so many people that it's like in a classic like that 84 West Craven a oh, lot yeah. of people were going nuts during like it was as if they were reacting as if they watched it for the first time yes and we what's cool see with us when we went to go see Nightmare on Elm Street the theater was dead but there was a snowstorm that same there was a snowstorm that same fucking night yeah. and me and my wife were debating on going I was like you know what I was like we should still go I was like because we really want to see this we should still just go so we went 
And then we went to uh, Jaws had more people. It still wasn't packed. It had a lot more people in the theater, but there was, again, similar to what you were just saying, like a lot of older people with like their children, grandchildren, younger siblings, nieces, nephews type of deal. And it was cool to go see that. And like I, I had my uh, Jaws shirt on and my wife got me. And I don't know if I have a Jaws. No, I don't have a Jaws hat. So I have my Jaws shirt on. I'm going in there. And, you know, someone's like, oh, what are you going to see? And I looked up. There was like some kids who was like, oh, I'm going to see, you know, the Minions movie or something. <laughs> just messing around. But it was, it was just so cool. Like, it's so cool to see fans of that movie go pay to see that movie again because it hasn't been out, you know, since it came out in the 70s, right? And it was just like, holy shit. Like, just, again, seeing it on the big screen is so amazing. It's like. Now I see why these people get these fucking home theaters. <laughs> like I, like it, it's it's a cool idea, but it's like I really see why these motherfuckers get these nice big ass home theaters. It's oh, just yeah. so. It's not even fuck going to the movies. So look, I want to watch this movie on the big fucking screen anytime I want to. Absolutely, it's and, um, it's beautiful, man. It's it's definitely a great experience. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this right now, though. If in terms of, you know, horror films being re released. The next film, I'm telling you, the second I even hear it, like I, I hear this and re-release in the same sentence, I'm catching it. Scream. Really? Scream. Absolutely. Scream. Low key, I think I would put Scream on my like. I have love for Friday Thirteenth, but oh, no. Scream. I'm gonna try to make sense of this. Scream is like on my spiritual top five. Okay. Of horror films, and I love the first one so damn much because. It takes what you know about about what you knew about horror films in the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. and turns that upside down. Okay. And watching that for the first time, my spirit animal, um, Randy. <laughs> Jamie Ke- so I was like, I easily connected to his character and if they were to re release that, and I'm sure a lot of people would catch that, especially oh, yeah. screen. Like well, what what year did it come on? Like what, ninety six, if I'm not mistaken? Maybe I I really don't remember. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was 96, but if that film were to get re-released, I promise you that freaking theater would be stacked. Probably just as much as Nightmare on Elm Street was when it got re-released. You think so? I know so. Trust me with it. Because with Scream, it's not a scary horror film. It's a fun slasher film. It's like one of those you go with a group of friends, like, you know, you're there to get the jumps and, like, have a good time. It's It's like that type of horror film. You're right, 96, December 20th, 1996. Yeah, see, there you go. Bad, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, like... I'm, see, I don't dislike, I'm not big on Scream. I like it, I don't love it. I think I, I have a bad taste in my mouth for Scream. Actually, I'm going to tell you why. I've seen um, Skeech and, what the fuck is the other dude's name? Matthew Lillard at right. a con, and like, I don't remember which one it was, but one of them was like, had just came out the bathroom or whatever. I was kind of like walking around. My brother was going up to say, you know, hi, how are you doing? Whatever. And he was like, if you want to talk to me, come to my table and pay for my autograph and talk to me. And then on a podcast, I heard, uh, some, I don't know how the conversation came up, but there people, I think they were just talking about like, you know, people you have bad experiences with at cons. Right. And this guy was talking about how him and his girlfriend went to a con and they, they paid for the VIP thing. And those guys were in the VIP thing. And his girlfriend's like, you know, she went over talking to him, whatever. Hey, can I take a picture with you? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, if you want to take a picture with me, come pay $80 at my table tomorrow, and you can get a picture and an autograph. Like, shit like that. But then at the same time, I also heard how good, especially Matthew Lillard, but I've heard how good they are with children, especially children with special needs. And again, which is an amazing thing. Don't get me wrong, but 
like that right there from me seeing it firsthand and then hearing about it from somebody else i'm like that kind of it's just not my you know what i mean but that yeah, I was well, never, I was never a big, big fan of the movie franchise. I've liked them; they're fun. They're, it's a fun watch. I'll give you that. It's definitely a fun fucking watch. But it's just not like my, um, it's not my go-to. Not or like you. a guilt, like my, my, my. I think my go-to, not go-to necessarily, but my guilty pleasure horror movie is uh, horror movies franchise is probably Final Destination. I can't with Final Destination. <laughs> I know. I, I I'll be honest with you. I I enjoy them, but because of three specifically, to this day, I will never go on a roller coaster. Oh, I'm done with those. Not because unless it's like unless it's the medium ones. Yeah. Where you're not taking that high of a flight where if you do fall, the worst you get is a broken bone. But because of three, <laughs> I can't do like the big roller coasters. I will never do it. Nope. I'm done with them in general because the last time my ass got on a roller coaster, I was dizzy as shit. I was like, all right, this ain't for me no more. But the cool thing, see, but what you just said though, the cool thing about that is a horror movie made you so scared to do something because you see it in a like. It, I'm gonna admit, if I see a truck with like logs and shit on the back, I really do move in the other lane. Like this isn't a joke. I'm like, I see this. This happened in a movie. Let me move. Oh yeah, and the irony is, is like I'm, I won't do a roller coaster, yet I could be in a plane without any issues. Same here. I haven't flown in a year. I've only flown one time, but I would I'd hop on a plane right now to go see my brother in Colorado, for example. But again, the first one was in a plane. But you, you know what it is though is it's like now obviously you don't ever want this to happen, but a plane crash seems more common, I guess you would say, than you going to a theme park having a good time and all of a sudden, boom, dead roll like roller coasters yeah. crashing. And I'm not trying to make a joke of the real situation. This is a movie situation, but it's just like. You know what it is about? I just like the crazy death. Like, I love the gory shit in horror movies, and I love the crazy deaths they had in those movies. Like, yeah, the, but the, the, the sense is like, damn. Like, it, it breaks your heart because it's like, yo, nobody killed you. It was just the accent that really yes, fucked you badly. Yes, it's like, exactly. Because, like, it, the worst one, and I, I saw it was in uh, the, the Final Destination, the 09 one. Mm -hmm. Uncle took me to see it. When the guy's ass got stuck in the pool and it sucked out his insides. Yes. That for me has to be the worst death that I've seen out of, throughout all the films. I got to see. I got. I don't remember a lot of the films. I got to rewatch. Excuse me. Rewatch that series again. But I remember there was one. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been part three as well, where the dude's working out in the gym. And the, oh, yeah, fucking, the, the weights uh, crush his head. Yes, that's why I don't go to the gym. <laughs> you imagine that being an excuse? Like, yeah, I'll go to the gym the more because of this. But no, like that. That franchise, it's a fun franchise. Another fun franchise I like is, um, I'd actually come out with another movie this year. What the fuck is it? With the Hillbillies? Wrong Turn. Uh, uh, wrong Turn. That was a fun fucking franchise. All the way up to, like, it, it got cheesy, obviously. It was, I think it was part, what did they do, six or seven of them? Whatever it was they did where they end up in, like, this house. They have, like, this rich family and this crazy bloodline or whatever. That one I didn't like too much, but, like, every other one before it, I like like I know I like one through four five and six were kind of like eh. yeah I think the ones I've seen the first one I mean it's been years since I've seen it but I did watch the first one scared the shit out of me mm -hmm. um I saw bits and pieces in two and I don't know if I don't know which one the, the, this one is maybe call me out with this one it's the one where it features convicts okay um it was, I, think it was, I think it was four I'm not no four was bloody beginning so I think it, it must have been three I'm trying to think 
trying to think. What what did they, did they go in the woods and stuff, or were they in the, the, in the woods? I think they're like a prison bus. Something happened with a prison bus, and they had to like um, that's all everything. Yeah, that might have been. Th- that sounds kind of familiar. I'm just trying to think. That might have been part three though. Oh, if you hear music, that's in the background because I live in the sixth floor, but out here in New York, people blast their music like it's freaking nothing. I believe you. Oh, my apologies for that. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Because um, I believe part four, it's either part four, is it part four that they're at the insane asylum? They go to the insane asylum? I did, yeah, it was the prequel. They're on the snowmobiles and stuff, which was a dope one. Part what the hell? One of them, part five. There was like a weird parade or some shit. They were celebrating the whole aspect of the people in the woods, like it was fake because they had on they, all these people had on the masks and shit. I think that was part five. It was either I fucking forgot. I gotta watch those again. Yeah, no, I have to. I don't have to watch the sequels because I'm actually really intrigued to see the reboot. I mean, is it a Me reboot too. or is there another sequel? I'm not. Sh- I think it's a reboot. I really hope it's a reboot. Because I remember Three Finger, I think he was the one that got killed, um, the hook through his head. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, when they when they said that he was coming back, I'm like, how the hell is that possible? So I'm, if that's the case, I'm pretty sure it's probably another reboot. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a reboot then. I hope so. Did you see, Um, I just watched this movie this week. I actually, did a, this is the podcast I did 1.30 this morning, but I actually watched the movie New Year's Day, maybe. Um, Slaughter High. Slaughter High, I don't think I've seen that one. Fun, yo. <laughs> It's a fun movie. The crazy thing about me is, like, you know, the years I've loved horror films, there's so many, like, um, horror films I've yet to see. Like, uh, like a few months ago, I watched um, I watched Final Exam for the first time. I haven't seen that. I need to, though. It, it tries too hard to copy Halloween, but it's, like, I had fun watching it. Because, like, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a horror movie, you know, whatever. So, I saw that. I saw, um, it was another one. It has two different titles the the primary i think is the mutilator okay did i see i don't think i seen that one there was that one and i think three years ago for the first time in its entirety because they had all hellraiser films on netflix so mm-hmm. i watched all of them for the first time yep same here about three or four years ago i my wife was because she loves the hellraiser movie so we same we just binged and watched them you know a couple of days till we were done with the whole series it's fun movies slow burn very yeah. slow burn. I did. I got to meet Doug Bradley. That, by the way, speaking of, he's a real yeah. nice guy. I got um, I got a figure. Like I ordered this figure off of, I don't know if it was eBay or Amazon, but it was one of the San Diego Comic Con figures. And I got that. I ordered that for my wife, and I got that because she didn't go to the con that year with me. I got that signed for her, and got a picture signed for her of you know, Pinhead, which was cool as hell. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think. Do you have um, Tubi, that app? I saw what it was, but then when I when I saw the details, I'm like, I'm not gonna bother with this crap. So I ended up not getting it. Yo, yo, download it, man. I'm telling you. I know it's on PS4, so yeah. I, I believe it's on PS4. Yeah, it's on PS4. If I'm mistaken. It's free. It's on PS4. It's free. The only thing you do is you sign in with your email, and what that does is so like if you're looking for a movie, you can like have movies saved in your queue and all that. Shit ton of horror movies on there, like a shit ton of classic slashers. Not all big names, which is great. Which I fucking that's what that's one thing I love about it. It's not like Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, Nightmare. You know, like the movies you see all the time. It's some shit that you've never heard of, never seen. Definitely so worth it's it. Like a, it's kind of like FearNet then. Yeah. In a way, because I remember Fear, that FearNet was my shit growing up. It was like a bunch of like horror films I haven't seen before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like FearNet. It's yeah, and it's like I said, it's free, so it's worth it. 
And yeah, it's all that today. It there's a try. only like you'll get a commercial here and there, but it's like a 30 second commercial. Certain certain parts of the movie that have like a 30 second, which is no big deal to me at all. Right. At all. And again, like I said, you're not paying for it, so shit, why not? And it's not like you're pirating it anyway, which I know some yeah. people are against it, pirating movies and all that, but. It's funny that you mentioned that, like, you know, the whole streaming thing, because I was actually close, like, around October time. I was close to making a Shutter account, but I wasn't sure if it was necessarily worth it. It's, I've, I had it. It's not bad, because it's only five bucks a month. I've had it, and I just stopped, I just forgot I had it and stopped using it, honestly. But it's, it's not bad, and it's just, um, like, it would be worth it for, I guess, for the creep show thing that they have out there. Oh, that's right. It's a Shutter exclusive, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, guilty as charged. I've yet to see Creep Show. Me too. Me too. Guilty as charged, and then I'm saying that that also is part of like a long list of horror films I've yet to see, and Creep Show is one of them. The new, the new ones are like the old school ones. The old school ones. Oh, I've seen the old school ones. I thought you were talking about the new. Okay, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll enjoy it. Creep. That's the one I was telling you about. The Hitchhiker one. Creep right. Show Part Two. The Hitchhiker. When you watch that, man, you're gonna be like, "What the hell was he scared of?" I'm just gonna be laughing. But as as a kid, your imagination runs so fucking wild, and you, as you know, to where it's like, you in your mind, you like, you know, it's not real, but in your head, as a kid, you're like, "This can happen." <laughs> and, oh, yeah. and it's just, yeah, Creep Show. I highly, I I highly recommend that. I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, there's there's that um, the Pumpkinhead films I haven't even seen yet. Uh, I gotta re- I, I watch those. I want to rewatch those though, but those weren't. I gotta rewatch those to get my Fant- opinion even Phantasm I haven't seen. Like those, I haven't seen any of the Phantasm films. I haven't seen any of those. I have not oh. seen any of those. A lot of like the monster movies and like the movies from, I'll say from the '60s and earlier. I have not seen any of them, but I do want to try to get into those older horror movies just because. You want to watch a hard, like a, sur- a surrealistic horror film that's going to really mess with your head? Watch Eraserhead. Eraserhead? Watch Eraserhead. That movie's mm-hmm. going to mess your head up big time. I saw when I was 15. It, it was so popular for me as a kid because I would always see the poster. It was a guy with, literally, you've seen House Party? Yeah. He, it's like he had that similar afro, in a sense. And you don't know what the hell the movie's about. So they were giving it on some channel, and I'm watching it. And it's so damn trippy it's like you get sucked in and that's what like i got scared watching it because it's like nothing scary is happening it's just how how do i say it? it's how artistically like disturbing that film was okay. great film but it's one of those films where you're just like you're like what the hell did i just watch oh, but that movie's a plot i definitely recommend it david lynch um who did uh twin peaks he directed that one nice nice i'm getting ready to at some point tonight because my brother when when he's free, which will probably be like midnight or later, we're doing um, Train to Busan. Oh, amazing freaking foreign film. That's what I keep... I haven't watched it yet. This asshole's been telling me to watch it for like over a year now. He's like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. You need to watch this. So I'm finally going to watch it later on today. And he was like, make sure you pay attention. He's like, it's fast-paced film, and it's all you, subtitles. I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's it. And foreign... I have love for American horror films, but foreign films especially korean oh they go nuts it's like they have no filter at all and it well, what was i mean it wasn't really a horror movie per se but um i saw the devil i didn't see that i've heard of i heard somebody talking about that though it's like the gore and the vans like they have no limit 
Did it's like they're doing so much so much stuff you're like yo what the hell like they're really doing this like no but train train to busan isn't as violently disturbing as i saw the devil it's it's what you would expect from a zombie film basically. okay but the harf that film kicks so much ass it's one of my favorite foreign films and one of my favorite foreign horror films nice. i'm looking very forward to the sequel that's coming out nice did you see um oh damn what the hell is the movie called now not train to busan we just mentioned that It'll come to me eventually. I hate when I do that shit. Do you remember the plot of it? No. <laughs> I don't remember anything. And I don't remember if I see the movie or not. Now, it, it's going to come to me eventually. It'll probably come to me like later on today. But, yo, this is the movie I was thinking about. <laughs> I hope it's not something stupid like fucking Friday the 13th. Something sim- not stupid in that size, but something so simple that everybody's... <laughs> yeah. I get that message. I'm like, yo, this guy's serious. Like, what the but, heck? Um, but, uh, with, you know, back to the whole, um, you know, with fans making their own films Aaron I'm telling you if you were to tell me like I I used to I loved I still do like I enjoy even the very low quality fan films I love to watch yeah because granted it looks not you know no disrespect to the you know fan you know the fan filmmakers as you know low quality as it looks the thought that they you know no matter what the quality they're using Mm -hmm. no matter what resources they're using they're doing they're using what they have to their best ability to make what they want to make exactly and that that's how i look at that's how i watch those movies that's how i look at those movies like say if i was to do those movies do a podcast on it like a rating in my mindset i have it as like even if though i do like my one through ten rating and say i give it a five for a fan film that's not bad because it's like i know what they're doing with this i know what they're trying to do with this their story was great here's why i gave it this score because i wish they could have told a little bit more I don't even grade it on like as far as like how it looks because budget. I understand people's budget. Sometimes you can have the, you can have it looking perfect. You have it looking beautiful with the cinematography, and then not have a great story, or you can have a great story. I rather you have a really good story and have a quality of like just a cell phone camera, for example, right? Versus having you know what are they the red cameras, whatever the hell they are, the top camera, but having no story. It's like well, what the fuck is going on? Like you have no story, no plot, no nothing. It just looks great. No, absolutely and you know growing up being on youtube watching so many halloween fan films like you know very low quality same thing with like um i used to always search up michael versus jason fan films just oh. for the hell of it because that's a crossover i would love to see to you and me both and i have an idea for that which i'll tell you after that but did you see the fan film there is one there's a good one out there a fan film right now of jason and michael fighting each other it's a In fun one yes Yes, I did see that yes, one. Yes. That was, and there's there's gonna wow. be like another one to it because it said like to be continued or whatever at the end of it. I oh, believe I for that ending. I gotta find it again. I gotta reach out to those guys. No, but it's you know, and this is the thing, you know, you you know, going back to thirteen year old me in oh nine watching these low quality mm-hmm. you know, hard fan films, never was there ever a thought that ten years later we would go from that to seeing fan films being used with 4K cameras are like these stories are coming from the freaking heart. Like look at look at Never Hike Alone. Oh, that was beautiful. Look at Never Hike Alone. Um, I gotta yeah. watch Vengeance though. But Never Hike Alone was beautiful. Spirit of oh, Haddonfield. Never- did you see that? That one I did see. That was fucking awesome. I the only thing that I mean I loved it, but what pissed me off was like it ended on such a cliffhanger where you just wanted more out yes. of it. Yes. You just wanted more. I out agree. Of Spirit, Spirit of Haddonfield is one. Um. Even uh, even the films from um, Chris R. Notorelli, Blinky Five Hundred on YouTube. That's his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm funny about that. He's been in the YouTube game for 
like years now. Like I said, when I first, the first film that that I saw from him, it was it was called Friday the Thirty First: Michael versus Jason. Oh, and I must have been tw- like twelve or thirteen at the time. And years later, like he's been doing, you know, videos, 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 videos. He just dropped a badass uh, seven minute short fan film on Predator. Which focuses on two female uh, yauchas, the hunters, going um, against a Native American woman. Now, you got to send me his information, man. His YouTube yeah. page and everything, because totally. his I got to check that out. Like, I haven't seen all of his films, mm-hmm. but the films I have seen, like uh, the ones I went straight towards, was the Michael Myers fan films. He does it in a way where it's like, obviously, you know, it's a fan film. But you want to believe so hard, like you in your heart, you know, like this is a genuine Halloween film. I get what you mean. Despite it not being an official Halloween film, in your heart, it's an official Halloween film because you know the amount of effort he puts into it, the quality. Mm-hmm. And there's actually one thing that's that's crazy. So his 2020 lineup, he's going to be dropping um, uh, four films. It's a uh, Domino, who's based on the character from you know Deadpool. Okay. Deadpool comics. Um. Another one, he's doing a fan film sequel to Psycho called Mother. Oh. He's got that one coming up. A sequel to one of his other fan films called Haunted City. And, um... Damn, what the hell was the third one? Uh, Electra Returns. A sequel to Electra. A fan film that he also did. Nice, nice. And what I was going to tell you was that he he just recently announced uh, this one fan film. And, Aaron, like, I've heard crazy stories that i never think would have heard of but this i think takes the cake for, for 2020 so the title is mystery inc the legend of jason Voorhees. oh shit and the way he's going about it is like it's not gonna be a campy humorous um mystery inc friday 13 crossover mm-hmm. he's gonna be a serious horror film oh man i gotta see and, this like, when I first heard of it, I was laughing my ass off because it reminded me of that episode from, from Family Guy <laughs> when uh, the FCC shut down or something like that. The satellite broke down. Yeah. And they were giving an overrated Scooby-Doo <laughs> series. So it had it had, you, it had me thinking, like, yo, what if they actually did cross him, them over with, like, someone like Michael, Leatherface, or Jason? So he's – it's a, it's on a um, – it's currently as a GoFundMe project. Oh, nice. Mystery Inc., um, The Legend of Jason Voorhees, but <clears> – <throat> I'm telling you, he's, it's, I'm telling you, like, I think he's the only YouTuber that I've watched, me personally, that's mm-hmm. been doing this for so freaking long. Like, he's been doing this for a long, long time. He's, and he's, done a, he's done a bunch of badass crossovers, too. He did one, um, one of my favorites from him. Actually, I think it probably might be my favorite from him. The Nightmare Ends on Halloween. Oh, shit. It's uh, pretty much Michael, Freddy, Jason. But the way he does it, obviously, there's no, um... You know, it's not like a like a, a story where you know there's characters involved. It's just those three. Okay. And I don't want to spoil like I'll send you the link, but I don't want to spoil the ending. But I will tell you the ending. It's like yo, only a fan could do this. Oh shit! It, no, because it's true. Let me say something. When I sent the link for Never Hike Alone to my dad, he already told me that's his favorite Friday Thirteenth film. And it's insane how some of these fans have a much stronger heart. Than the higher ups in freaking Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and no disrespect to obviously some of the Hollywood filmmakers because some of them do, you know, they do what they do out of the heart, not out of the wallet. Mm-hmm. But with this BS with this lawsuit, it's insane 
how so many of these fran- fans come up with these sick ass ideas. I agree. And it could happen. Like, honestly, go, go back ten years. If I were to tell you that a Friday Thirteen fan film would feature C.J. Graham, Tom McLaughlin, the music would be composed by Harry Manfredini. You probably wouldn't believe me. Yeah, I know. And, and, and <clears throat> back to um, what you were saying about how you added, how you said, uh, I forgot which movie it was now that you added that as like part of that franchise. I feel the same way about Never Hike Alone. Like that to me, that's part of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, just because it was done so well. I love how. Just it was just shot so well, and even though Jason wasn't in every single scene, every scene he was in, he took over. He was powerful in that scene, and I just—they did so. I can't wait for part two of that to come out. I can't oh, wait never, to see. Never hike in the snow. The irony. Never hike in the snow. Yes, I actually backed that. Like I, it's, when I seen that Indiegogo come out, I was like, okay, when I get a few dollars, I'm backing that for the Blu-ray. I got that, and they—they have like four things. They have like four movies, three or four more movies coming out, right? Yeah, I met well. When I got the when I went to the Vengeance premiere, it was part of a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. So among the people that was there was um, Vicente DeSanti. So I met him and everything. I met him there. He signed my. Uh, I purchased a second copy of Never Hike Alone with the red case. Signed it. We were talking about um, a sequel, and that was when he announced to me that you know he's doing a sequel called Never Hike in the Snow, and I was freaking excited as hell. Hell Because yeah. like I told you before, like I would love to see Jason taken out of an environment, with the exception of Space in Manhattan. To put him in an environment that we've never seen him in before, like the snow, the snow would be at a like a such a badass environment because Jason's a threat as it is. So imagine having to deal with that low temperature weather while trying to survive. Yes, and it would work. Like it can still work in the same atmosphere as far as the camp because there is people who go camping and all that silly shit in the winter, or you know they go camping, they fucking hike and all that. So it it it's not like it's far fetched like him going to space. No, oh, yeah, and I just I think of the kills. I'm like the just the blood showing up in the snow, him smashing someone's face through ice or just imagine like say people are ice skating and he busts through a thin part of the ice and pulls somebody down. Just some dope shit. I mean, just using like snowboarding based equipment as weapons. Oh my gosh. Like I'm telling you the ideas man yes. get you more excited to like see something like that. So never hike never hike in the snow. Is it, I'm telling you, is you know it's funny. Actually, I was thinking about like being so excited when I heard that. I was like, yo, I mean, I know he's planning for how badass would it be? And I know the fans are probably gonna think of this too. Like, yo, you actually might have a point. Picture this: never hike in Manhattan. Mm. That would be interesting. Like, picture the never hike alone quality, but you have Jason in the city. I mean, I know that, that might be a bitch to film, but. Just really think about that. Like, he's chasing freaking people throughout uh, Harlem with the, the Upper East Side. That'd be a freaking badass, man. That would be dope. That would be dope. I would I would tune in for that. And the, something like that, I'm sure it would be similar to how they did Jason Takes Manhattan as far as, like, they shot, what, maybe five minutes of it in the actual city and then did it some did the rest of it somewhere else just because Vancouver. I can see them doing something similar to that just because the city's busy as fuck. No, hell yeah. And, but as a New Yorker, trust me, man, I'm busy as hell. Yeah, I believe it. I've I've been out there a, a handful of times, and I'm just like, fuck. Like, these motherfuckers drive nuts out here for what? Yeah, traffic, man. Traffic is... It's a, you, if you complain about traffic outside of New York, don't go. To, don't drive in New York. Oh, no. I went. The last, I was out there... Uh, shit, it was about seven years ago now for one of my good friend's weddings. Long Island at that, but just getting into there. I'm like, these motherfuckers... I'm over here driving a fucking... It was like a 96 Chevy Blazer. 
These people cut me off in like a hundred thousand dollar car. Like, what the fuck are these people doing? Look, everybody's it's just fast paced. It's it, like, aggressive. So, but, but um, it was fun. Yeah, uh, no, God. No, I was I was gonna say that would be fun. Jason takes Jason takes Manhattan. Just oh my gosh! Speaking of Jason takes Manhattan, you know originally they wanted to have him somehow get on the Statue of Liberty and fall off the Statue of Liberty for the end of the movie. I didn't hear about that. I, I remember, forgot. I remember, I remember World Trade Center, Madison Square Garden. I believe the Hudson River was mentioned, but I didn't know about Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Like, they were supposed to go there and have a big scene and have him getting thrown off there or something. I don't remember what it was because of laws that they couldn't go out there just because of a safety reason. Right. But that would have been – just imagine that being the ending instead of how it ended. That would have been yeah. nuts. That is even that. I think one of my, I mean, it's an, it's a real iconic scene, man. Um, when the camera pans around Jason and he's like deep in the heart of Times Square, mm-hmm. it's like that shot. So just picture that and never, never hike in my hand. Or even a more badass scene. You remember in Party where he's um, he's uh, he's walking down um, the subway cars. Yeah. Just picture him going so berserk to the point where he's just slashing everybody oh, from subway car to subway car. That would have been nuts. That Which is what it caught me off guard. I'm like, yo, why is he not killing these passengers? Like, he pushed one girl into a seat. Like, he didn't really do much yeah. damage. But he was after he was after people. But I, he, I, him killing a bunch of people would have been a dope scene. And then... Like, you, that. you know what scene? If they would have did this scene over, like, say if they did never, you know, never hike in Manhattan. Now, I know you remember the scene where the kids are listening to the rock and roll music and he kicks the... <laughs> Just imagine him listening to one of these rappers now that nobody really, the kids listen to. That you're just like, this is so garbage, and he just kicks the thing for that. Oh my god, they would. I feel like they'd almost have to do that scene again. Nah, I mean, for fan service, that'd be a pretty dope callback to party. And hilarious, I would be. I would be in tears. Or even better, like a like a little Easter egg type thing. Jason, like let's say he. Uh, Let's say I guess he's chasing these characters through an arcade, and he sees that one of the games, a guy gets his head punched off, and he just to- nods his head and just walks away. That would like, be nice too. Like, like a little, a little Easter egg like that. Or but, shit, uh, you can even say it nowadays because people play video games so much. Just imagine him going to somebody's house and seeing somebody play Friday the Thirteenth, him seeing his character on the screen, <laughs> just looking at it. Because remember how in Jason Takes Manhattan, he sees the screen. Or he yeah, sees the, the yeah. and he just turns his head to the side. Like, what the fuck? So just imagine him seeing his that either a big thing in the window of the game or you know somebody playing the game. Something he just kind of turns his head to the side and just walks off. That oh man. Yeah, I'm saying the ideas are limitless, and that's why I'm looking very forward to the future of these fan films because look, with Never Hike Alone, they're just getting started. Yeah. So just imagine what other films come out like. Picture, you know, say, uh, I, I covered this in one of my articles, like, picture that same effort with, like, a, a, t- a TCM, like, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre oh fan film or uh, Halloween or even, um, I don't know if you've heard, there's this, uh, this, um, there's this, there's this uh, Chucky fan film coming out called Charles. Yes, that looks, that looks scary. So I watched the trailer and I'm like, and I've been following that project for quite some time on Facebook. Like, he's using actual animatronics and, like, this is what I'm telling you, like, where, where would you think that these guys would be able to, you know... Exactly, yes. That's all freaking insane. And the guy that's... I'm really liking the guy that's voicing Chucky. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I, I mean, it's up there. Like, I would say it's, like, you know, close, like, you know, to Brad Dourif. 
but I really love the voice acting and like the dark, the really dark uh, tone of it. I I have yet to watch that trailer and like I need I keep saying I'm gonna watch it. I've, I'm always doing something, but I'm getting ready to when I want to watch it. I need, I'm gonna watch that today because now I don't know if you know or not, but like on my YouTube, I do the podcast and I have a YouTube channel where I'm do where I do like unboxings and I do. Uh, I've been doing more indie movies, all indie movies so far, but I'll do bigger movies. But trailer reviews on their indie movies, like the you know the live, the reaction video type, where I'm watching it, you see my screen, you see my screen in the little corner, and you know the trailer. Yeah, playing. yeah I watched one of your trailer reaction videos. I forgot which trailer was it. I'm, and that's one of them I, I want to do. Yeah, I think I saw one of your trailer reactions, but it, no, you have to that that you really need to hop on that as soon as possible. That Charles fan film trailer, you really need to hop on that. I might, shit, I might even do it when we're done recording. At least check it out. Cause it's it's one of those things where it's just like holy fuck, it's, it's it amazes me because I'm like I mean at the end of the day the people who are up in Hollywood at the end of the day they're just people they just have a way bigger budget, but it, it's still cool to see somebody say say somebody like me or you, because that's pretty much what it is that has that idea for a movie and then just like you know what I have a camera, I have some friends. I can, you know, this friend can write it. I have the ideas, but this friend can put it in a script better than I can. This friend can, you know, this friend is good with the mic, with the sound stuff. These people don't mind being hacked up in a movie. This person doesn't mind being the killer. Like you just kind of put that, throw that all together, and just have say like say like a group of twenty people, twenty right. friends that just do these movies, go out and do them. Whether they're shooting them on a cell phone, a halfway decent digital camera, whatever the case may, or you know, a halfway decent camera, whatever the case may be, but they go out and actually do it, like you were saying earlier. And I love the fact that it's just fans doing that, and it's just, it's a fan of the, the genre. It's You're not doing it for a paycheck. That doesn't mean you don't want to make money off your project, but you're not doing it for that reason. You're doing it because you have a passion for that genre. Similar to what you do for the writing, and similar to what I do for the podcast. Like I'm not doing it for a paycheck, which, don't get me wrong, if I had a paycheck coming to me, I'm not going to turn it down. But it's like, you're doing it for the passion because you really, really enjoy what you're doing. You really love what you're doing, and that's... One huge thing I can say about fan films that I always love and respect, the, the, no matter how good or how bad the movie is, that's one thing I always have to give to them because it's like you're coming out of your pocket. Yes, there's the Indiegogo's, but you still got to come out of your pocket. You still have to take time off of work. You still have to t- like make a lot of sacrifices to make this movie for Absolutely. us to watch. And um, you know, like I said, you know, you go from you know Vicente DeSantis Never Hike Alone uh Cody Folk's upcoming Voorhees fan film uh Jeremy Brown's Friday 13th Vengeance um uh Louis Louis Serrano's um Charles fan film mm-hmm. you know and even the films from Chris R. Notarelli I'm telling you it's it's it really when you see their works it further Exposed a lot of fans to the point where it's like, you know what? If these guys, if these guys can do it, we can do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, regardless, regardless if it could be, you know, as good or not as good or better. Like the fact that we, like, they're showing us that making a fan film on a franchise you love so much is possible. Hell yeah! And it doesn't even have to be like a full length. You could do like a ten minute little series, a seven minute little mini series. You know, of of a not mini. You know what I mean? Different videos but of just like seven eight minutes of just something to you and your friends just messing around having fun doing little things doing little made-up story whatever the case may be and i think that's dope and with the talk of uh fan films the the fan film i was always telling you about the the michael myers absolute evil mm-hmm. i'm telling you right now as of 2019 that's got to be my favorite halloween based fan 
like documentary, like fan film slash documentary that I've ever seen. I've watched it more than ten times in twenty nineteen. You have to send me these links, man. So I'm going I'll bring to it down to you. I'll break it down to you what it's about. So it takes place in the the universe of the films. Okay. They merge the four through six timeline with the H two O timeline. Okay. Because remember, H two O completely yeah. disregarded. They're you know, four, five, and six. This one, they merge it. So pretty much, it's in the form of like a. Like I said, it takes place in the the world of the the films, but it's in the form of like a true crime documentary on Michael Myers. Oh shit! And Aaron, like I'm not even I'm not even gonna bullshit you. Like the way each of these actors portray these these characters. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not even reading a script. Like, it feels like a genuine... Like, you've heard of a ID investigation. Oh, yeah. It feels like a true crime. Like, you would assume that it's straight off of that. That's... See, that... And I gotta watch that. What's... And the reason why I enjoy it so much... And it's not, like, a short film. This is, like, a like an hour and a half long. Mm-hmm. The way... Um, the way each of these characters, they break down, you know, the events of... What had happened in one, two, four, five, six, seven, and eight? Yeah, the way they break it down, it's like you get so hooked onto it, you just want to watch it over and over and over because of how genuine and how authentic that that documentary had come out. And the most shocking thing about that, it made me admire the Thorn storyline more. Like it made me because before I hate with Halloween six, I completely hated the Thorn storyline. You know, the whole curse, the whole cult. Yeah. That documentary makes it seem like as a redeeming quality to you. Really? Oh, I gotta watch this <laughs> shit. Like, the way they break it down, like, your watch is like, yo, this is pretty freaking interesting. Like, it makes you kind of accept it in a way. And I've posted this a bunch of times on a few horror uh, fan pages, and people even go as far as to saying that this is, like, our spiritual Halloween night. Mm-hmm. And much like um, Never Hike Alone, Michael... Michael's not even in the documentary. Like, you only see him... Towards the end, I'm not gonna spoil how, but you're gonna really like how how they do show him. But he's not in the documentary. Like it's like a full blown true crime doc on See, Michael Myers. That sounds real fucking interesting too. And wait, it's like it's insane because it's something you've never seen before. You're so used to you know the fan films with their stories like following mm-hmm. specific uh, sequels, and you go from that to just a fan film that just came in the form of a true crime doc. I'm telling you, Aaron, this it really comes off as a genuine, authentic documentary i'm telling you i mean the biggest crime obviously i think is if they made an official blu-ray release for this thing i would proudly own the hell out of that man <laughs> i definitely gotta check that shit out man because i just you definitely gotta that check sounds it out, interesting that sounds interesting as shit i gotta watch that and i gotta watch the charles movie or the charles um trailer definitely gotta watch that because i've been meaning to watch that like the whole week i was like i'm gonna watch it today i'm gonna watch it later i'm gonna watch it when i get out of work and that never happened <laughs> Yeah, the tone, you're, it's, they're definitely going in a much, much more darker tone, probably more darker than the 2019 remake. Good. Or reboot. And the good thing about it, because I know fans were fuming about the whole Wi-Fi doll in the remake. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it, like, you know, to keep up with modern times, I thought it was, like, you know, it was acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of fans were, like, up in arms about it, but... What's relieving for those group of people is that this fan film will feature the, like, you know, the good guy doll. And what's going to scare the shit out of you is the way he did the face of Chucky. It's, like, such a grim, menacing look where you could tell, like, yo, I, like, I don't even want that doll near me. 
Nice. And granted, the, like the standard dolls in the previous films never really scared me. This one does. Like the way it looks, like it looks like a, like it has like just an angry, menacing look. See, I want to. That's gonna be dope. That's gonna be dope. So you don't slack, man. Hop on that trailer. I'm gonna. And as far as the the remake, a reboot that came out last year, 2019, I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was like, I understand why a lot of people hated it. They they didn't like the look. They didn't like this, that, and that. But I'm like. For one, there was a lot of things they couldn't do because if they did anything too similar to the original movies, they can get sued. Yeah, I heard about that. And then two, like you said, with the doll, it's modern times. And I look at it like you figure fucking your cell phone you can damn near do anything with nowadays. They have cars that can drive themselves now. Like they have they have shit where everything is connected with technology. And I like how the one guy, you know, in the beginning of the movie, the dolls are pretty much like a hack doll. He turned off all the safety modes of it and then killed himself. What I like about that is it's a hack doll and, like, how it's fucking up everything with technology and how everybody's so reliant on technology. Like, even in real life right now, we're so reliant on technology and our phones and everything else and everything being connected. Like, there's shit, there's apps on your phones that we can have, like, shit to come, you can come in your house, hit a button on your phone and lock your doors, turn on all your fucking lights, start your car and all this shit. All the temperature. Yeah, take care of damn near everything. And it's like, why not make that a horror aspect to it? Like how Chucky, let, let Chucky control that shit. Like how he did with the car in the movie and a right. bunch of other shit. I think that's dope. I think it was a genius idea. I really hope they make some sequels to it. No, I, I'm I'm actually rooting for sequels. One, I, I will say this. As much as I enjoyed the original one, one quality about the remake that I feel like they executed so much better than the original was that best friend bond between Andy and Chucky in the I remake. Agree. I agree. Like, like with, throughout the film, like they're developing a strong friendship with each other. With Andy, it was more so of um, a doll he wanted badly rather than just a best friend he wanted. And Andy in, in uh, the remake, it was someone he wanted as a friend. And you really see like you know the bond they're having throughout the film. And I really think that that was a quality not a lot of people give recognition for. Because I yeah. mean, obviously, you know, they have enough. They there was enough that they hated about the remake that they don't really give you know props to the redeeming qualities of it you're right because in the movie if, if i'm not mistaken in the remake he really didn't have friends until after like human friends he really didn't have any human friends until after he got that chucky doll and he and met started, that group of kids yeah and started doing crazy and cool well you know cool shit talking swearing and all that stuff and i love how they're watching uh texas chainsaw massacre part two in the movie right i love because that was a dope homage to that and then chucky's watching the movie he sees how they're laughing at you know somebody getting killed stabbed and so he thinks okay that's that's cool so he goes and you know like i i like how the doll was like in that movie how he was like learning from the kids from certain things and like learning from andy's feelings for one like right i remember when the cat pissed him off at first and chucky was like choking the cat or something yeah next thing you know he killed the cat this the mother's boyfriend pissing him off and like this is for tupac it's like that was hilarious That I heard the awesome. audiences were laughing their ass off when he actually said like I think a few actually clapped at that scene. I'm like, holy shit, he actually said it. I was fucking dying. Because my brother, talk, he didn't like ruin the movie for him. He just texted me, this is for Tupac. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, you'll see when you see the movie. And I watched it. And you see the black kid say it at first, and Chucky doesn't say anything. And then later in the movie, when he's, I was like, yes, hell yeah. This is for Tupac. No, yeah, it's, if they do a sequel... I want them because one thing that I felt almost kind of ruined the remake for me—not fully, but it's like it's like a little bit of concern. 
even though it was a cool um, concept that they did, was when uh, Chucky connected to the other dolls mm-hmm. and had them wrecking havoc. That's something I don't want to see come back in the sequel. Really? Like, I think, me personally, I think it was just good for that scene. Okay. Me personally, but if they were to bring that in the sequel, I want it to be in the vein of the ending of the original Child's Play 2. When they're in the toy store and they see the like the freaking like the legion of you know good guy doll boxes everywhere, mm-hmm. something like that. But I, I just feel like it should be just strictly be Chucky. Granted, you know, obviously he's a Wi-Fi dog, so he's gonna connect to all these dolls and have him do whatever he wants. But for the sequel, I, I think they should just stick to you know, I mean, not not as if it wasn't as if they tried to rob like you know, not the whole movie was robbed from Chucky. But you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, just wanted to be just Chucky going back after Andy. No, that would be cool. That would be fun. But I wonder how they would do it. I mean, because they shut the one doll down. But at the end of the movie, you see the one doll's eyes light up in red, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So I'm like, how are they going to make this work? Because if you destroy the one doll that's already, you know, the malfunction doll or whatever, how you turn all the safety modes off, how can they do that? But then it's also like, maybe that doll can somehow shut all that shit off on the other dolls that aren't out yet. I don't know. I just hope they do a sequel, though. I think it'll be fun. For the sequel, you know, like, to really explain that whole malfunctioning doll thing, what if, like, uh, one of the employees for, um, the, I think it was called Kaplan, Kaplan? The toy the store? Yeah. Like, let's say one of the employees, like, is secretly a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray, and he fucks with the doll. That would be something, too. That would be something, too. A lot of people, like, people were rooting so hard for Charles, like, for that character to appear in the remake. Yeah. I wonder if they would be allowed to, though, again, with the whole laws, you know, if they yeah. instead of bring up a lawsuit. That would be fun, though, if they could. But, I mean, either way, I like the way, I love the way they did the movie. It was a fun fucking movie, and it also gets kids in the horror, like, younger, you know, young teens. Like, my my little cousin went and seen him with his father when that movie came out, and he really liked it. No, I mean, you know, it wasn't the perfect remake, obviously, but... Oh, no. For it to do its own thing, which, I mean, they had to do, given the lawsuit, I mean, it was pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Again, because it was like, like you said, it wasn't like with Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 03, how they pretty much, <clears throat> I mean, they added a lot of their own flavor to the movie, but they had pretty the same story, like the same, you know, aspect of the story of Leatherface and all this stuff. It wasn't like uh, Chucky, They pretty much the same, the only thing they had was Andy and Chucky. And that was, like, the only thing. And it was called Child's Play. That's, like, it. Other than that, there was nothing else that was the same about the movie. Besides the killer doll, the name of the doll, and the name of the kid in the movie. Everything else, the story was that, uh, different. Don't forget Norris, the cop. Okay, Norris, too. But, that, yeah, but, but, I, but I mean, as far as, you know what I mean? But with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're pretty much doing the story over with, like, the same, the same storyline, so to speak. Just different ingredients. Yeah, exactly. And Chucky was just different completely. It was like same names or some things, but everything else was different. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the number one franchise that I, I really feel needs a, a really good rehaul because the past two films really irked the hell out of me is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. I could see that. I like, because yeah. like, you have no idea how freaking pissed I I remember like it was yesterday. And the irony, it's about to be tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow will make, I think, one, like, 
what, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, six years I've seen it. Texas Chainsaw 3D, when it dropped in 2013. Oh my gosh. It was the first horror film of the new year, so my friends are so excited. We're like, bro, it's going to be a sequel to the original. We have to catch this. It's going to be great. Now, listen to every word I'm saying, how hyped I am about this film, expecting it to be like a, yes. a crazy sequel. We go see it. The opening was <clears throat> badass. Mm-hmm. How, they read, how they redid, you know, the ending of 74 and then switched to the actual movie itself. Like, it was going well, and then it, from there, it just went so downhill. Like, there were so many plot holes. Oh, I was nice. to my friends, like, how did, how did they go from, it was like a family of four, to like a Wu-Tang Clan <laughs> amount of, like, soldiers throughout yeah. the house. Like, there was like, like, like 15 freaking members, like, yo, where the hell did all these people come from? And, now, I love the design of Leatherface. The actor that portrayed Leatherface, and his name is uh, Dan Yeager. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a great job, but it's like the story was so damn bad. And don't even get me started with the do your thing, cuz. I was like, just going to say that. That was so corny. It was. And we left the theater. We're like, bro, this movie sucked. Like, we were pissed because, you know, it being the first horror film of the new year, and that was the first. Uh, TCM film since I think 06 the beginning the prequel it's the old mm-hmm. 3 remake you know so then we, we freaking de- I despised that one and then when word came out that they were gonna make uh, another Le- Leatherface film literally called Leatherface that was gonna be a prequel to the 74 film I was actually looking forward to it so when I watched it, it was on demand pissed me off again really it's like cause the thing with it it was like um the way the back, the way they did Leatherface's origin story, mm-hmm. it doesn't match with who he becomes in the '74 original. Okay, I see. I don't even see Leatherface. Did you see the Leatherface? I did. Origin? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it. But what you're what you're saying with that, I do see what you're saying because in the in the original, he was like a disturbed individual, and his well, his face was fucked up. His face did get fucked up, I guess, in the movie. But yeah, like what what didn't you like about Leatherface? So it was pretty much like. The tone I enjoyed, the characters I enjoyed, mm-hmm. but it's like they didn't really. Um, it, it was just his origin story because well, another thing in the '74 film, he actually you could tell he's. I mean, they don't imply it, but you could tell he's a bit slow. Mm-hmm. You know the way he's acting. Like it was even described in the one of the documentaries that he's like a big baby that gets frightened when he sees people. Yeah, was his home. So when you're watching this, when I was watching Leatherface, I assumed that, that it was the big guy. So the, the big I. character that would become Leatherface because he was, you know, a bit, you know, and yeah. he was violent. When I saw that it was um, Jackson, I'm like, how the hell is it a guy that speaks perfectly fine, has perfectly normal mannerisms? And, like, it was it was just like that. Like, if it was a standalone, fine. But, like, they, they build this as the official prequel to <clears throat> I, the 74 original. But it's like, that does not, like, it's like a puzzle piece. Like, it doesn't fit with... Who he becomes in the '74 yeah. original film. You know? I, I can look at that two ways. Like I can look at it the way you're saying. And again, like I when I first seen, it, I thought it was a heavy set dude that was gonna be leather, end up being Leatherface, and he ends up getting killed. And then I was like, okay, it ends up being the quote unquote pretty boy. And then you see how he gets fucked up through later in the movie and deformed. And but I'm still like, again, like you're saying, how he he speaks well, this, that, and the third. So it's like, why him? Right. And then you could say, like, all those events affected him the way that made him like that. But I still feel he'd be able to speak, at least. Like, he can't even speak. Like, you know, you never hear him speak. You hear him yelling and grunting. You never hear him speak. And so I could see why that bothered a lot of fans. I just thought it was a fun movie. And it was... I don't know. It's... 
I think a lot of people would have gravitated towards it more or liked it more if it was the other guys as leather that ended up being Leatherface instead of the, yeah, the heavy side guy, yeah, the pretty boy. Because he was again, he was kind of off. He was kind of slow. He had a violent. I think they were both kind of violent, but he was like he would take it to that next level. Yeah, I think Jackson was more contained. In yeah. That film. But um, yeah. And then now there's there's news that there's, they're making another reboot. Really? That's supposed to be a TV series was mentioned. That that could work. I could see it working. Like it was kind of like with Scream. Like you didn't think a series like that would work, but they pulled it off with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because with that, you can at least um, you can really expand more on the Sawyers. Yeah, you you can because you you can give you can really give them each a backstory for a few episodes to where you actually gravitate and like these characters, and then you can have the quote unquote legend of Leatherface, and people want to go there to see if it's real because you know how people are fucking. I don't know why would they do it, but hey, I heard there's a murder down here. Let's go check it out. Let's go invest. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. But then, you know, then then the series has like people going there, and you can even I'll even say to the fact of there's like rumors of people missing in the town, right? And you know they never find the bodies. Just that in the third, and the that's you know, the whole oh well you know the Sawyer family just you know blah blah blah, Leatherface and just I think it could be a fun series. I mean, and it's one of those things where you know how movies are an hour and a half to two hours long. These series can be half hour to an hour long per episode. And do more. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like 20 episodes per season. It could be a 10-episode season. You throw it on Netflix or YouTube. Or not YouTube. Sorry. Netflix or Hulu. You only do... You, and you don't need to do a shit ton of seasons. I feel like that would work well. As a matter of fact, you know what would be really cool? This is just coming to me since you brought that up. What if they had like a, a series, like a horror series? I can't think of a name right now. But like say the, the season one was Leatherface, season two was Jason, season three was Michael Myers, season four Freddy, yeah, no, so yeah. on and so forth. That would be dope. That way, similar to how American Horror Story is, but right, right, right. you already have like, you know, these legends and it's just, you know, boom, boom, boom. And it goes like pumpkin, whatever the case may be, Pumpkinhead maybe even. I think that'd be a fun series to watch. Well, Bl- Blumhouse has been pretty confident on getting their hands as many properties as possible. So not saying it's, it's impossible. But, I mean, not saying it's not possible, but it's definitely not impossible. But we're talking like a long shot. There was oh, yeah. like oh, I mean, I would, I would really enjoy a series of that of Leatherface, and they're supposed to be doing a Child's Play series. Yeah, that, I, I'm actually interested in seeing how that turns out for sci-fi. It's another good job on sci-fi. Sci-fi, but it's supposed to be like the original people that are involved with that. So that can be big. That can be really good or really bad. I'll say the only thing that could be bad is just because it's on sci-fi. They might cut out a lot of shit. As far Chucky swears a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And but the thing is, with the child's play with Colt and Curse. What disappointed me a lot is that, well, more so Colt. They didn't really focus much on Andy. You're right. You know, being being such a fan favorite, like um, <laughs> like I feel like they should have done like a like a Halloween H two O type of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like an adult Andy still, you know, has his, tra- you know, traumatized from the events that happened in the first three films. And like from there, you know, Chucky finds him again. I think they should have gone more in that route instead of the whole, you know, having these characters and just have Andy in the background. Like yeah. that's, that was one thing that disappointed me a lot about Colt is that he didn't really have a big role as I thought he would be. I agree. I And I did enjoy both of those. But I agree with that 100% because he's like the main, besides Chucky, he's the main face. He's the main freaking character. And it, that would have been real cool to have him way more involved. Even if he wasn't the number one, if he was at least number two, like you've seen him a lot more. Right. Like you, 
just kind of seen him in bits and pieces. Especially Colt. You've seen him in, like, bits and pieces. But it's, I mean, I'm like I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not fully against. I'm like, I'm not even against the series in general. I just hope they really do it right, and I really hope like they do the whole Andy Chucky storyline right because yeah, it's like we haven't reached that stage yet where we're generally focusing on Andy and Chucky. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like because they were focusing on you know like um, I forgot her name the. The, the, the girl in the wheelchair. Yeah. Like, it was more her than Andy. And I feel like with the series, they really... Granted, you know, obviously focus on, like, what happened to those characters, but really make the main focus Andy and Chucky. I agree. I agree one million percent. And with... You know what I did like with Colt was how he possessed all those dolls? Yeah. I thought, yeah. That, I thought that was dope. And then, remember the guy with the multiple personalities? Yes, I and do remember I really wish that they would have had Chucky possess him. Just imagine. You wouldn't know if it's an alternate personality or if it's actually Chucky. Yeah, exactly. Just just imagine if Chucky possessed him, but let him keep his other two or three personalities along with Chucky's. That would have been freaking dope. I feel like it would have it would have been a better movie to me instead of like I didn't like how he <coughs> excuse me how he possess, possesses the girl in the wheelchair and she's walking at the end of the look what the fuck. Of all people, you're gonna possess the person that can't walk. That can't yeah, walk. Yeah, that did throw me off about that. And then she's walk. I'm just like that. It was a fun movie overall, but and of course the kills are always fun. But it was just that threw me off. And I don't know. That was like my biggest issue with that movie, honestly. Just the way it ended. And again, I'd rather than possess the dude with the multiple personalities than anybody else in the movie. Oh, I think yeah. it would have been so much better. And more and Andy. That type of character is easy to get away with because he has multiple personalities. Yeah, and it would have been cool to see him being the one. Like, say, you know, he's going through his personality so people don't know who he is. Because Chucky can turn himself off. Like, say, you know, the guy kills people or whatever as Chucky. And then he's going back to his room. Chucky kind of turns himself off as far as being in that guy. And he's just being a possessed doll running around. But he doesn't mess with that guy because he already has him under his, you know, he has him under wraps. So then when he escapes later on in the movie, when he instead of the girl leaving, he leaves. As Chucky, though, and goes out. Because Chucky was trying to find a strong body throughout all these damn movies. And he finally gets... He could have finally had one. He picked somebody in a wheelchair. But, I mean... Like I said, I, I really want to see how they how they really do this Child's Play series. Because oh, yeah. I, the last thing I you know fans need to worry about is them, you know, taking their expectations and just draining it rapidly. Yes. Because, it, look, it could, be, it could be a success or it can be disappointing. One I of the agree. two. I agree, and there's only one way to find it. I just hope it comes out. I hope it ends up being good, at the very least good, if not great, and just a fun series. Right. Like, I know it's... Is it even... I know they're doing a series. Are they going to still be doing sequels? To, I mean, like, to the original films, or is... I'm not sure. I, I thought so, but I'm not 100% sure. But I really feel it. I think, like, if they do... This, if they plan on doing both, I feel like they should stick to the series for a little bit, for at least get one season done. Really focus right. on that, and then maybe do a movie or figure out a way to do connect the movie in the series. If maybe do like a series of say like eight to ten episodes, and then a movie, and then do another season of eight to ten episodes, and then a movie. Right. That really, because the movie can really get into some grimy, gory stuff with the series kind of just building up, building up. Still have some dope stuff happening, but building up, building up. Oh yeah. And- with um you know now that we're in 2020 halloween kills ah uh, yes you know 
I'll tell you, I'll tell you this though. The first Halloween I did, I mean, aside, you know, the first Halloween film I did catch in theaters was the re-release of the original. So, blessed for me picking that as my first choice. Mm-hmm. And the second one, obviously, the week later, it was Halloween 2018. And literally, I saw that film five times in theaters. Really? So, I was just about to ask you how much you liked that movie, but I got, I know it's, now. You know, I will say this, though. It was off the hype that I was watching it so many times, but when I think it, when I got it on Blu-ray you do notice the issues that film does have. So, because that's another film that's also that's also um divided among yeah. fans. I personally felt like, you know, it wasn't the perfect sequel, but in the sense of bringing back the shape from the original two films, I felt it was amazing. I mean, I granted, agree. you know, it ignores the sequel, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that shape from those first two films. Yeah. Um, James Jude Courtney, I feel, killed it as Michael Myers. That, um, my favorite scene, actually, is, uh, it's like that long take when you're riding Hatfield and mm-hmm. he kills those uh, those two people. Mm-hmm. For me, that was the, that was my favorite scene throughout that whole freaking movie. Um, but I mean, you know, there were there were a few things missing that that they could have done, like um, you know, just nitpicking, like the, the blue lighting they could have brought back from the original. The blue. I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you know, like the blue lighting that you've seen like in the the '78 film, they could have done that. Um. They could have done, you know, they could have done, like, more, uh, I mean, you know, this is just fan service, per se, you know, just, like, you know, certain things. They could have brought back, like, uh, say, Allison, she's leaving, like, the football field or something, and you see the over-the-shoulder shot of Michael watching her. Because mm-hmm. the closest we got to that was when he right, he's at the cemetery watching uh, the journalist looking at Judith's grave. You're right. You're right. I got to... Yeah. I only seen that movie the one when it came out in theaters is the only time I seen that. I haven't seen it since. I need to get that. But it was I, I liked it a lot. I really liked it a lot. And you know one thing I wish they did do like the brother sister thing. I don't know. That's not a big deal to me. Like I I did like it in the original series how they had it, the original franchise how they had it. I don't mind that they cut that out and made it more of like a rumor. I do wish that they started from the end of part two. Oh, and like, like, but if they added, included, the ending, or literally from that ending, and just included the sequel, included, I let, like, I understand how they, they're like, all right, we're going from part one on, but I think they should have went from part two on because part one and part two really connected very well, and then after, yeah, it, was like, it was like literally the first and second half of a book, exactly, and then after that is where I'm not gonna say it went downhill, it just changed. After that, right. it just changed. If they one, two, and then eighteen, and the rest would have been dope. Me personally, I feel like it was kind of a good thing they ignored part two because let's keep real, you would have had those specific group of fans complain like, "Oh, how's he seeing if he got shot in both his eyes? Oh, how how's he surviving after he just got set on fire? How's he doing this? How's he doing sure. that?" It would have just brought on so many questions. And the crazy thing is, at one point, they were supposed to follow all the sequels. I think it was one of their earlier drafts. They were going to follow all the sequels, but. I mean, for reasons that I would assume, you know, like the plot holes, the continuity issues that yeah, they had, they had to make the right move, just have it strictly follow the original where he's caught at the ending and he's sent back to Smith's Grove. Yeah. So, yeah. Which I thought was simple. I mean, I would have preferred it if he was missing for 40 years. But then even at that, that would bring up the whole like, you know, oh, where's he been all this time? But I think that, that would have made it more scary, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it it works either way, though, because like... As far as him being missing, the thing with the only downfall of that be he's always trying to get to Lori. Right. But at the same time, maybe he's missing. Maybe he's missing, but at the same, he's missing, but he's there. And he's just kind of waiting for his moment. 
Right. It kind of like how he, you know, the 15 years he was waiting in Smith's Grove, you know, like that type of similar. Yeah, yeah. But he's just like out and about. But it's, and, I'm still wondering who the fuck taught him how to drive. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was said in the, the book of the, I think the official novelization of the original one, where the times that Loomis would drive Michael to all these um, hospitals, Michael would watch him. Oh, like what Loomis he would, where it did, what go. So I think, I think that was how he found out. Okay. Heck, yeah, that was going around. But um, but yeah, you know, you have Halloween kills and you have Halloween ends. I wasn't expecting a third one. Me either. Because I thought I felt like it was a bit dicey because I wouldn't want them to make the same mistake that the sequels did, where they make more sequels and it goes downhill again. Mm-hmm. So I'm on my Instagram. Someone sends me from the official Halloween page October twenty um twenty twenty Halloween kills and October twenty one Halloween ends. I'm like, wait, they're doing a third one, but. I can't. I, I wasn't all that surprised because they had mentioned that they wanted to shoot two back to back. Yeah. So, but like, I didn't think much of it because I figured, okay, they're not definitely not gonna do that. But the thing is, with Halloween ends, I think that's gonna be the most riskiest, given the fact that it's gonna end that um not that's gonna end the franchise, but it's gonna end that specific story arc between Laurie and Michael. One of them. I almost feel like one of them has to die. Yeah, or both. Oh, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. But, let's be honest. How how pissed were fans off the way she got killed off in Halloween Resurrection? I know. I so know. when they when they announced that she was coming back for 2018, I was freaking livid. I was like, oh shit, they're actually bringing her back. But um, me personally, with Halloween ends, you know, I end the story arc from there, and what they could do after that, I'm fifty fifty on this. Half of me wants them to try, like, give it another shot of the anthology route that season of the witch did because mm-hmm. part of me look me personally i grew up hating three as i got older i ended up loving three i oh, still love goodness. three I, I yo <laughs> it's so fucking funny you say that because i swear I, same exact thing like i seen as a kid you know i watch you rent movies you watch one you watch two watch three like what the fuck where's michael and then you watch the rest and then as i got older maybe even more like in the facebook years and like the facebook Facebook years, Facebook horror groups, see people talking about it, join a couple Halloween 3 groups and stuff while I'm in one, Halloween lovers or Halloween 3 lovers or whatever. And I don't remember, I don't know if it was that horror group or another, but somebody was like, I just watched Halloween 3, and I was like, that movie sucks. But like, listen, they're like, watch it as a standalone film. Watch it like it's not even connected to the other movies. You'll have a different respect for it. I went back and watched it. I was like, yo, this is a fun fucking good movie. Like, it's a, it's a really, yeah, it's a really good movie where it's like, and not just that, with this one, you had... Um, uh, you know, a big name actor, Tom Atkins. Yep. And a no, like a very unpopular opinion. I think three. I think three had one of the best soundtracks. Okay. Because it had such a heavy October feel, and I feel like I would honestly put three up there. No, maybe above some of the sequels. I would really put three up there. Yeah, I could see that. And three is one of those ones that has that cult following, which I think is fucking awesome. Right. Like, there's just those cult fans that really enjoy that movie. And like I said, when people, when somebody said, watch it as a standalone film and get a different feel from it. And I did that, and I was like, yeah, this is a good movie. And uh, between that and as a kid, I didn't know about the whole, the original plan was to make Halloween 1 and 2. The anthology. And then make, you know, then do 3. And just come out with a new, yeah, like you said, an anthology. Come out with something different, a different story every year. That, what, that sounds so cool. But I, at the same time, I'm glad it didn't work because we got Michael Myers. Like, right. 
just to, I'm who knows what would have happened if you know they would have made say three more movies that had nothing to do with Michael. But just having Michael, like you now, you have those three big, the big three. Everybody, Michael, Jason, Freddie. Like you have those big three, those three icons, and every single one. Well, I know. Okay, so Halloween three was the one with no, nothing to do with Michael Myers. Michael Myers, technically, he was in it. They were watching it on TV. Right. Friday the 13th Part Five. Jason wasn't in it. It was based on Jason, as far as the guy acting as Jason. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they did that or not. I'm not too familiar with the franchise that much. But I know they have. I know they have their movies that quote unquote went downhill. Every franchise has those, especially with horror. Yeah. They just fucking go downhill. But as a horror fan, we still watch them and love them just because of like, yo, this is, this is good. This might not be the, a masterpiece, but this is fucking fun. Uh, absolutely. Oh shit. Um, it's so yeah. The half half of me wants to see the anthology, and the other half of me wants to see an adaptation in the form of maybe a series. An adaptation of the comics. I have never read the comics. The comics, I haven't read them. I like, I, I read a couple online. Okay. Like, and I've read like you know what happens in some of them, and the, the way they did the comics was that it features, um, you know, how I mentioned with Halloween twenty eighteen, it doesn't feature Michael Myers. It features the shape. Okay. So it goes in that type of direction, and in the comics, Michael is incredibly brutal. And you know, as he should be, and, and exactly in those comics. And one of the comics that I'm dying to own, but it, those comics are hard to find. They're not easy to find. One of them is, um, I, I believe it's Halloween What Good Scare, where it features Doctor Loomis's son. Oh shit! And when they had announced, like me personally, for Halloween 2018, I would have replaced Sartain with Loomis's son. Hell yeah! Because me, it was like. What the big twist that happened? It's like, really like, like it. It was like okay, but like it was, it was obviously it was a twist, but it was like it was an unnecessary twist that wasn't needed. I agree. I agree. You, I, you practically just redid what uh, Wynn did in Halloween Six, in a way. Yes, and I feel now that you mention it, that would have probably made a better movie. It would have made it even cooler if Donald Pleasance actually has a son to play that role. Yeah, and, and not even that because I think. You know, you know, at the age I'm at now, one of the things that I feel like has been a burden with the Halloween franchise is that, you know, I mean, obviously because, you know, Pleasant's passed away, we will never get that genuine conclusion to their story arc. With Michael, yeah. With right. Michael and Loomis, because 4 and 5, I mean, as m- much as people don't like 4 and 5, I feel like their arc was pretty damn interesting. Like, it got more interesting in 4 and 5. And then with six, like they really had little to no interaction in six, which was disappointing. And then you know, of course, him passing away around that time, it's you know what I'm saying. So I feel like mm-hmm. the only possible way to give fans that spiritual conclusion is having a son. I that's a great fucking idea. And going back to four and five, I really enjoyed those ones. Like I, I as a, for for as a whole, I like the Halloween franchise. Wasn't a fan of Resurrection, I'll admit it. No, but as far as the rest of them, I really enjoyed them, and I'm not even I'm not including three. Three is a standalone, but I'm just like they're fun movies, and I like I know people complain about the look of the mask and all that. I never really paid close attention to it until I seen them like you know next to each other on online the pictures. I'm like, okay, I get it, I understand that, I respect that, but I didn't really pay too much mind to it when watching the movie. I'm watching the movie for the movie and the kills and shit, and it's just. It's a fun franchise overall. It's a good franchise overall, in my opinion. 
And I just, I think also in tone, like I recently, I realized this recently when I went over my, I think my dad's house like last October, 20, 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 2018 actually. You know, he was telling me that one, one of them that he actually does enjoy a lot is six. Granted, the story was, you know, it was a bit terrible, but the tone, like that dark gothic tone yeah. that they had in six, like me personally, unpopular opinion, but like as of recent, I feel like Michael and six is heavily underrated in Halloween six. It's funny you say that, yo, because my, one of my cousins, he came up his, that's his favorite franchise is the Halloween franchise. We did a podcast on Halloween one and um, what the hell is it? Spirit of Haddonfield. And then part right. six is his favorite. So we did a podcast in part six. That's I forgot why he said it was his favorite. Like I'd have to go back and listen to the episode, but he just likes like the um what's it what the hell is it? There's like I forgot what word he used. But like remember that was something with the stars, the astrology and all that stuff? Right. He liked that part. He like he loved that aspect of it. He grasped that aspect of it. And then just a lot of that like a lot of that stuff he really grasped to it. He really enjoyed it. And once he explained it to me like that. I was like, you know what? This really isn't that bad of a movie. Like, it's it's not one of my favorites as far as the Halloween franchise goes, but it's not as terrible as I thought it was either because of the way he explained it to me. Like, that's one thing I try to do as a horror fan is, like, is, especially from doing the podcast or something, is listen to other fans' perspectives on a certain movie that I may not like or even that I do like as to why they like, why they love it or why they hate it. And I'm just like, okay, I can see why you said that, and I don't have to agree with it. But it might sometimes it changes your mind or alters your mind a little bit on that movie, and that was one of them that really did it. Absolutely, and you know, like I mentioned, the dark tone of it was one of those qualities that it doesn't really get that much recognition. Like, um, what scene was it? It was towards the beginning where um the nurse helps uh, Jamie escape, and Michael just comes out the shadows and grabs her. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where uh, Michael's staring at Danny from outside the house. Yeah, like there was a lot. Of, I mean. Like I said, you get older, you start noticing certain things. Like, cause I tr- lately I've been trying to like put hate aside for some of these qualities and try to find the good. Yep, same here. And like, it, it makes me appreciate. But still, like I, me personally, I prefer the producer's cut more than the theatrical cut, strictly mm-hmm. because of the fact that the theatrical cut had so many damn holes. In the producer's cut, it actually it's it, it felt like a full film because there's a bunch of stuff like the theatrical. It feels like an incomplete film. And, you know, granted, that's because they cut out a lot of scenes. True, true. So, like, I, I definitely think, me personally, 6 is an underrated one. Um, H2O, surprisingly, I don't like as much as I did before. Really? I, surprisingly. I can kind of see why, though. Like, H2O, I think it was, I enjoyed it. I think my biggest thing with that was, like, they just kind of started the story over, kind of, sort of, as far as what happened to her daughter. Like, all of a sudden, she doesn't have a daughter anymore. She has a son. I'm right. like, what, what, why? And it was just, I didn't hate the fact LL Cool J was in it. I didn't love it because he didn't ruin the movie. I knew he was going to survive, which kind of bothered me. Just because I, let me, let me think of how to say it. I don't like big name actors in horror movies. If they're right. not if they're not connected with the franchise from like day one, let's say like if you're in part right. sixteen of a movie and there's fifteen other movies, I don't want you in the movie because you know they're gonna survive. You know, versus like say if they're in part say if he was in part one or part two and he survived and he's in a few of the movies, cool. I I respect that, but it's like when you're in a certain one, and it, 
but again, that didn't bother me too much. And he was making a little, he making like sex novels or something. And he yeah, was security, but, security guard making the sex novels. Yeah. It didn't bother me too much. And then like with him being in it, they didn't put him in it a lot like they did with fucking Tyra Banks and Buster Rhymes and Resurrect. Yeah. <laughs> in that, um, they overdid it, it with that. And I, yeah. I get why they did it to an extent because I feel like at that time, Buster Rhymes was really, really popular. Not that he's not now, and same with Tyra Banks, she's really popular. So it's like, why not try to hit off of this? Why not try to get, and on top of that, maybe they're thinking, like, why not try to get minorities into this franchise or into horror in general and putting these two people in here, which I don't know why they picked those two out of all. They could have picked a great actor and actress that are minorities. They picked a, a, um, a model and a rapper. I'm like, you could have did so much better with this. And just the story. It was a fun movie. The story was just like, eh, because they made it like like a reality kind of. Right. I get the idea where they were coming from, but at the same time, they just really dropped the ball with that. Me, me personally, like the way I would have done H2O and uh, Resurrection, with H2O, I would have just had it, you know, she's living in California. It's the 20th anniversary. She wants to put that behind her. She goes back to Haddonfield. Michael is still, you know, with Resurrection, he's he's been living under the, you know, under the Myers house for quite some time now. Mm. From there, that's how they cross paths. And Resurrection, what I feel like they should have done more, you know, being a reality show, instead of being strictly in the Myers house, go to the, like the locations where you actually did commit some of the murders. I like that a lot. I like because that. It was, that was one quality that they tackled in the Absolute Evil fan documentary is that, um, um, you know, without spoiling too much, towards the end, uh, one of the characters, he, he, um, he, he, he started this business called Haunted Hannifield, where he, it was like, it was a, go, it was like a ghost tour, where he would take people to, you know, the Michael Myers murder sightings. So I feel like that's something they should have tackled in Halloween 8, and like, one by one, he's slowly killing them. What would have been a dope-ass way to end Halloween Resurrection, is if, the, like, the, the third act, it's in Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. Lori lights the match, kills herself and Michael, similar to Halloween 2. See? I like your thinking, man. That would have been dope. <clears throat> and Triple T original, too. Like, I think, like, if they if their plan was, like, if they did want to close out that series, I feel like that was something they should have done. I agree. I like that. Yeah, man. I like that shit a lot. That would have been... I get it, though. It's a big money grab when it comes to this stuff, but it's just, like, you gotta just... You got to do it right by the fans as far as ending these movies right? and ending these franchises. As much as I hate to say that because I'm the same asshole that they can make Friday the 13th Part 27. I'm going to be the first one in line to go watch it. And I'm sure you'd be the same thing. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> it was, like, it was, like, was kind of similar to um, Wes Kramer's New Nightmare when, you know, uh, Heather says, you know, I thought we killed our friend. It was like, well, you know, the Nightmare fans, they just can't get enough. So it's, it's, it's a 50-50 situation, you know, with yeah. us fans. Like, you know... <clears throat> Yo, we really feel like this franchise should end, but at the same time, we just can't get enough of it. We'll keep watching that shit over and over and over. Yeah, me, me personally, you know, we're talking about, you know, one franchise that started in the late 70s, another one early 70s, and then the other two, you know, early 80s. Mm -hmm. For them to make it this far, yeah, I... Generally, feel like there's there's there won't be an end to it because they see all the money grab like the merch and all that. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't think it's pretty much gonna be it's gonna be the same situation as the MCU films. There's not gonna be it is won't stop. Like granted, there won't be continuous sequels. It's just gonna be a series of sequels, slash and half end it, 
and then another wave of like rebooted films. Yeah, you're probably right. Which I'm okay with. Just do them right. At the very least, do them justice and do them right for us fans. I understand it's a money grab. I'm fine with that. But at least make it a good service. Make it a good project for us. And this is for the Hollywood. This is right. for the because the indie fans or the indie fan filmmakers and the or the fan films and the indie films. You guys are busting your ass. You guys do an amazing job. But Hollywood, for us horror fans, with the reboots, step your game up, please. Let's end this fucking lawsuit, please, so we can get some more Friday the 13th content out there. And maybe even some of these indie films slash fan films can be the ones that are making these next big Hollywood Friday the 13th films because they have some great ideas. I would love to see those guys be able to work with that kind of budget or even have the you know the original creators come to these guys for some ideas and bring them up, bring them along board. Like, look, we loved your films, what you guys have done. Why don't we work together and make something for the fans? You guys are real fans of this franchise. What would you guys like to see in this movie? How would you guys like to do? It? We want you guys to be a part of this. You guys deserve it. Not really. Like like I said, you know, whether it be um, whether it be Jeremy Brown, Cody Falk, uh, Vicente DeSanti, um, Chris Arnold, really. Or, you know, and just, you know, Rene Arvivas, who directed mm-hmm. um, Spirit of Hatfield, you know, like, it, like I said, it, 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 it comes off as insane. It's like, wow, like you guys, you know, you're not hired by the higher ups. Yeah. Yet you come up with better shit. Exactly. Like Spirit of Hatfield, granted, it was a short fan film, but for what it was worth, it was a pretty solid ass short film. I agree. It was you fun. Know, I think, you know, same thing goes for, you know, Never Hike Alone, you know, like. The campiness and the brutality and vengeance, mm-hmm. you know, the the tribute these guys do, everything and vengeance. To me, I still can't believe something like that actually happens. You know, you have C.J. Graham, who played Jason in Part Six, playing Jason's father. Yes. Which was, you know, like as a fan film, like no, no way that's happening. A fan film, no. Mm-hmm. You have Harry Manfredini, who composed all the films, doing the score for this one. Um, Tom McLaughlin involved. He cameoed as the the gravekeeper. You know, it's it's like little things like that. And one thing, when I the first thing that I saw was like, yo, like these fan films, they can't even be called fan films anymore. It was when I first saw Never Hike Alone, and I saw Tom Matthews back as Tommy. Oh, that was so awesome! I was laying down on my couch. I woke up, I, like I didn't wake up. I'm like, I, I sat up. I'm like, what the fuck? Like this, is, like is Tom Matthews back as Tommy? Like yes. who the fuck? So just imagine. It was funny because um, with Spirit of Haddonfield, I don't know if you noticed, um, when she goes in the house, on one of the chairs, you see a Haddonfield Memorial, like a like a paramedic type of um, shirt. Right after the opening, when it came out on YouTube, Renee did like a, a live on Facebook, you know, talking to fans about the feedback. And I had asked, like, is it a possibility that Jimmy, you know, is her grandfather? So just imagine if if that actor um I forgot his name uh, uh Lance Guest if if he got him on board you know to oh, cameo yeah. as Jimmy you know it's like it's like little things like that where it's like these f- fans are capable of doing so much more now it's scary up to this point it's amazing though and again that's the good thing with this technology we have out now is they can do so much shit and I fucking I I just can't wait to see what they're gonna do I can't wait to see what twenty twenty brings man and I can't wait. Just to see what they're going to do in the future with these fan Horror in general, but mainly the independent slash fan films, because I just, I love it. I love the passion that everybody has for it. I love the hunger they all have for it. 
and I'm so excited to see so much more. Or I'll even I'll even go this far. Just imagine someone does a solid fan film, a traditional Freddy versus Jason with Kane as Jason oh and Robert back as Freddy. That would be a dream come true. Like imagine like it's it's not in, it's not um it is not impossible. That it's not impossible. Be... Up to this point, you can't say it's impossible. You're right. Given the pull these fans are like pulling, like these professional filmmakers are pulling with these fan films. You're right. But um, man, I'm gonna wrap this one up. Had a great fucking time. We Likewise, definitely thank you for having me on board. Anytime, man. We definitely got to do this again. I would say even do another random one like this again. But I definitely want to break down a movie with you. Oh, definitely. Hell yeah. Because uh, I think that'll be fun. And shit, just let me. You just got to hit me up and let me know when you want to come on again. That's pretty I'll much it. We'll make it happen. Definitely, almost dropped my laptop there. I will definitely remind you to check out those trailers in that Absolute Evil fan doc I'll send you about. Yes, please send me those. And I'm going to watch those trailers. And this was fucking, this is a good time. I, yo, I told you this shit's going to be easy. I said yeah, it within the yeah, first five yeah. minutes. Being on my first podcast, it was, it was pretty cool. Can't complain. It was pretty cool. I was just extremely nervous being on my first podcast. But it was pretty fun. And I thanks again for coming on, man. If there's anything you want to plug, you can go ahead and plug that, and we'll go from there. But uh, you're uh, what is it? You're um, damn, my memory is so bad. <laughs> go ahead and plug your stuff, though, man. Your social medias and your definitely, definitely, definitely. And um, just a quick thing, guys. Um, the filmmaker I was mentioning to you guys, Chris Arnoldo, really. Check him out on YouTube, Blinky500, Blinky500 on YouTube. And for those of you that are looking to purchase those custom masks that I had mentioned, follow her on, uh, she's on uh, Instagram as Lipstick Legion, altogether, Lipstick Legion, if you guys are interested in looking at her stuff. Blinky, you said Blinky500, right? Blinky500. Going to him right now. I'm about to, oh, I'm already subscribed? When the hell did I do this? Well, I'm going to have to start paying more attention. Oh, he's been in the game for a while, so you probably... Subscribe and didn't even notice. I did. <laughs> a blinky. Wow. Well, I appreciate that though, man. And then talk about what you do again too. The no, writing. Plug that definitely. Absolutely. If you guys want to check out some articles, I've been on a bit of a hiatus with my articles, but I do. I am planning on this month um, publishing much more content than before. You can check out my stuff at Mercer Three K slash Popar. Or just Google uh, Mercer 3K with Papa and my my stuff will appear there. If you guys are interested in checking that out. Dope, dope. And definitely check him out, guys. He's a huge horror fan, horror lover. Big passion about it, as you guys heard in this episode. You're going to definitely hear him on this podcast quite a bit more. And um, you, know where to, you should know where to find me, especially if you're listening to this episode. But if not, YouTube. I have the videos out. I also have you know the audio for the podcast out. I'm on Podbean, I'm on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you can listen to a podcast slash music and for the most part on those little networks and all that. I also have a Facebook group and a Facebook page, Horror with Sir Sturdy. Check those out. If you ever want to be on this show, shoot me an email, horrorwithsir.sturdy. Again, that's horrorwithsir.sturdy at gmail.com. And I'll even say if, if there's a certain movie that you want to hear me and a guest or one of my co-hosts review, Excuse me, a guest or one of my calls review. Shoot me that, send me that in the email if you don't want to come on the podcast, or if there's a a trailer you want to see me review, shoot me that in the email. Shoot me the trailer and I'll review that trailer. And yes, so again, thanks again for coming on, man. We're definitely gonna do this again. Thank Go you, check you, this you. guy out on his social medias. Oh, and 
all the stuff you just mentioned, share that on my face my Facebook group. Feel free to share that anything horror related, uh, share it in there. Uh, Your stuff uh, included. Anytime, uh, man. But again, thanks so much for coming on. I had a great time. And fans, as always, I'll see you.